Welcome everyone to Marvelous or the Death of Cinema. On this episode, we're talking about Hellboy. Uh, not, no, not that one. No, not that one. Not the comic. Uh, Hellboy 2019, a movie that you already forgot existed. Uh, I'm Discourse Stew. With me as always is... Hi, I still have COVID. Nicole. I'm Cole, and finally, bringing up the rear is uh, return uh, one of our first returning guests that isn't a member of TGOV... Uh, Graham. That's me. Graham's back. Uh, also known as as Twitter user Jugheat. Maybe this time we can get him to a thousand followers. Uh, <laughs> We're so close. Yeah, you guys, so you listeners didn't do your job. <laughs> Follow this man. My, my comics son read comics for free. I'm not even selling anything this time. <laughs> yeah, he, he does this for you, people, and you don't give him your follows. You're ungrateful pieces of shit. Fuck I, you. Stop listening to this program. Please ignore everything that Cole just said. Well, yeah, I don't know if I go that I gotta, We gotta listen, make enough listen, money. Listen, I've been trapped in my room for the past week with nothing but movies to keep me from cracking and i finally cracked today we gotta get you into video because, games yeah I, I i spend months in my room and I, it doesn't bother me at all oh i have a switch and i just haven't been playing it we gotta get you into video games and internet porn when the when the pandemic started everyone was like i'm going crazy being stuck in my house all day i was like this is fucking great everyone else is living like i am no <laughs> instead the cat to cap off my week i had to watch hellboy 2019 did anyone else have a kind of a struggle finding this film? Um, no. Am I? Is it subtitled Rise of the Blood Queen, or am I thinking of one of the cartoon ones? That it, that was apparently the title for it when it was in development as, like, the third Guillermo uh, del Toro okay. movie. Um, because, right. like, before, yeah, before, or, yeah. you know what, might, might as well just talk a little bit about that, because, I, I mean, well, most people on. know Hellboy... I wanted to say, did anyone else have what? trouble f- finding this movie? Because the f- the uh, and admittedly, this might have been my search uh, fucking up, but it took me like an hour to download this movie. It was crazy. It <laughs> nobody I, wants I didn't it. Have too much trouble finding it, but like none of the <laughs> had as many uh, as they claimed they did in the search. Yeah, no, nobody wanted this movie, and nobody wants this movie still. <laughs> from the sounds I'm, of I'm it. going on Letterbox to see if it has any shooters. Um, no, it's sitting at a comfortable 2.0. 969 five-star ratings, though. There are a thousand people that think this shit is hot. Uh, you know what? I I, I, can, I can see that. And I, I feel like a lot of them are probably ironic, though. I, I can see people enjoying this because when I was a kid, and this is going to sort of... Uh, this is like stepping on a landmine here, but when I was a kid... I remember really enjoying, and this is this is I, I I like I'm getting heart palpitations as I say this the the Shaq Steel movie, uh, <laughs> because I was like oh it's like it's the guy from TV and he's like a superhero that I like and like I think I and then I watched it again when I was like 16 and I was like oh this is dog shit I had like read more than please do an episode on that. <laughs> 
Yes, please, because I want to talk about Superman Death and, and Return so bad because I, 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 they didn't put me on the Max Landis Death and Return of Superman episode <laughs> for Get Cynical. Personality. No, I was. Actually, right. fucked up. I was, but I think they got Gus to do it. I'm looking at the five-star reviews and filtering out the ones that are being ironic. It's all like the kind of person that like writes like they have brain damage and is just like fuck you if you don't like this movie this movie's the best like the people that are like <laughs> like feel deeply wounded so you mean like 80% they like something that sucks you mean 80 percent of the united <laughs> I, states i can population. empathize a little bit i i i i remember like getting like weird looks by my co-workers when i said i didn't like salt burn <laughs> Coming soon to the podcast. Saltburn's a movie that can trick you. Saltburn's a movie I can see how it tricks people into thinking it's good. This is the kind of movie that nobody likes, except the handful of idiots that like it are like so defensive about liking it because they know nobody likes it. That's always I very can funny. See, I could see someone enjoying it for like the over-the-top gore. <laughs> but like it looks... Ad- admittedly like kind of okay action sequences that are just edited to shit. God, the editing. Okay, so we'll, we'll okay. Let's get yeah. to the movie. Should I just give a concise plot summary? Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you can remember, <laughs> I can do it. You want me to do it? No, fuck you. This is my bit. Okay. I don't care how excited you are. Kick the puppy. Uh, I I love I love Hellboy. No, I, I reread the comics. Uh, la- the ones I have last night was reminded how good it is. Uh, it's just, it made this movie harder to uh, keep in my memory after the fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, imagine a boy. Now I want you to imagine hell. You know, real like red horns, pitchforks, poking Homer Simpson in the ass. Which was the style at the time? Simpsons reference. Now imagine you put those two concepts together—a kind of hell boy. Um, I don't know. My idea of hell just comes from Simpsons jokes, mostly. Uh, my whole concept of what hell is <laughs> in, in popular consciousness. Um, Okay, all joking aside, so Hellboy, you you understand what Hellboy is conceptually. You probably saw the Guillermo del Toro movies at some point. You've seen some ads or something. I don't know. Um, so Hellboy 2019, we start with one of three flashbacks in this movie, expository flashbacks. We go all the way back to 500 whatever AD, King Arthur and Merlin uh, kill uh, Mia Jovovich uh, and chop her up into little pieces and spread the pieces uh, all over the earth because uh, she's evil. She's she's a, She's an evil... Which? When I saw this first intro scene, I I actually like kind of assumed I, I kind of got a little bit excited because I thought this was gonna be like a bad Snyder imitation where there's just gonna be like ramp zooms and like really flowy like CG cloth everywhere and like really blown out colors. They they did the they did the thing where it's all black and white except for her dress, which would have been conceptually cool if they had nailed it, but they didn't nail it. Uh, you know what? I'm, like not gonna, I'm not going to take any points away from the movie just because the rest of it is so shitty that I, I I think that this part shows that like at some point they had like a kind of interesting idea for this movie. We'll, but we'll get they, into that. Nicole did the homework, yeah. and uh, we'll. I, I think that there was I, there there was a real movie in mind that just got uh, destroyed by the production process. Um, not, not necessarily a good movie, but a real movie. Um, yeah, like a anyway, like a like a, uh, like a, like a uh, Resident Evil type, like real movie, and, you know. Uh, but anyway, a, a flash forward, uh, fifteen hundred years later, 
and there's a Hellboy, and there's uh, uh, Ian McShane, who I, I, I think is great, but they've kind of just got him doing discount Al Swearingen because they needed a way to make their version of Broom, his adopted dad, different from the Del Toro Okay, I hate to interrupt movies. again, but like... Did the narration sound weird to you? Yeah. Oh, like, I, like all of the ADR I mean, it just stuff. It sounded like clearly muffled. done in post. It sound, but it sounded like he had like food in his mouth. Like it, that's why I didn't realize that it was. I, at first, I thought it was. Uh, was it didn't uh, it didn't sound that weird to me? I don't. You thought it was David Harbor. Screwed yeah. I thought it was David Harbor, and the, the original scene was going to be him talk. Like it was going to cut to him talking, and they just like shot the whole scene like with that dialogue, and then like added in the flashback. Uh, like they just, you know, like fucking chopped it in in uh, in premiere and then like inserted a different I, scene. I think you might have gotten a particularly messed up copy because my yeah, maybe. I mean, the audio had a bit of that like bad stereo down mixing, but it wasn't unmanageable. It didn't seem maybe. That bad. Yeah, it also could have been uh, my headphones, and it also could have been that I watched this on drugs. Also, yes, yeah, I, I watch this on a decent pair of speakers. So, um, anyway, uh, right. So, fla- uh, flash forward. Uh, Hellboy's in Mexico following up on a uh, an agent who went missing who's been turned into a vampire. And because uh, this movie is very epic and very wacky, they end up uh, wrestling in a luchador ring before he turns full vampire. And, is that uh, Reddit, though? I, that's like that's like some shit that that Magnolia would do, though. Like, that, if that, in fact, okay, but it's 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 the t- it's the tone and execution. That's yeah. the distinction here. It's the tone, the tone and execution. I'll talk about how they much. had those like El Santo posters on the wall, and I was like, okay, maybe this is like a real movie. And then once the guy opened his mouth, I was like, this is not a real movie. Yeah, like um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Hellboy uh, kills his vampirized friend by impaling him on the uh, pole of the the wrestling ring, which like is like the bluntest thing you could possibly impale someone on. Um, well, I think that was uh, that was supposed to be because he's so strong, you know. I, I guess, here. yeah, whatever. I just like, like part of it's because of the effects and the execution. It just wasn't very uh, convincing or exciting. Uh, so you end up thinking about those things and a shocking um, amount of gore too. A lot of gore, but it's that it's CGI gore. It's, it's all CGI. No, it's, no, it's, it's not all video CGI. Game gore. It's not. It well, looks okay, it. Ninety-five percent CGI. There is there is some it's, non-CGI no, there, gore there is, in this movie. There is real. A lot of, there's a, a lot of gore s- in this movie. Not not at this. But, yeah, a guy this actually part, got killed for this movie. Did you know? This movie is a snuff film. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm in this scene. In this scene. Okay. It's okay. Fine. Like, like again, I, I, I think this was like a the thing remake situation where yeah. they tried to do a bunch of stuff practical, and then either because it didn't work or because the, pro- the producer's an idiot, they pasted over it with unnecessary CGI, just made it worse. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so it's, it's a lot. Like, it looks like video game gore, uh, which would look good in a video game where everything looks like that, but it looks weird in a live action movie. Like, it looks like the Resident Evil Two remake superimposed into a live action movie um anyway uh he's a, a little bit cut up about having to kill his co-worker and uh this movie's version of broom again it's just discount al swearingen so he's like buck up fucko uh that's life uh i love you son but uh tough i don't know whatever anyway uh oh yeah right so the actual the that's kind of our cold open after the flashback, which was our cold open, and now uh, we're going to England because uh, a kind of like um, 
Aleister Crowley type uh, occult group. Uh, what were they called? The the, the Osiris. I don't fucking remember. Dudes. The Osiris. Yeah, the, uh, the Osiris. Club, Osiris. The Osiris Club. Um, yeah. The Osiris buddies are like. Uh, we've okay, you can't do this. But this is like one hundred percent some shit from the cop. Yeah, I know, but the movie executes it badly. Okay. Okay. The, fine. Right? the movie executes fine. it badly. Like that's we're always the cigar, saying this. The cigar made me evil. Fine. A thing can be cool <laughs> when you do it right, and it can suck when you don't. Um, anyway, the Osiris buddies are like, oh, we've got giants. Uh, we need Hellboy to help us hunt giants. Uh, and then, like you just you just know right away that they're evil uh, immediately. That they're going to be bad. Um, if someone and hit then, that uh, on me, I would be so pissed because I would like I would be getting psyched to kill a giant. And uh, <laughs> uh, when during the I don't know the exposition, we get even more exposition because because Hellboy meets an old magician lady, uh, and she's like, "I was there when you were brought into this world by Rasputin and the Nazis, and uh, I'm just I'm just gonna flash you back to tell you that uh, your father was originally gonna yeah. kill you, your father figure, and uh, you're the uh, you're the instrument of the apocalypse. Um, I'm just gonna uh, tell you that for no reason. So we get our second flashback of the movie, just like ten minutes after the first uh, yeah. one. After uh, and again, a, a flashback to something we've seen already in the Guillermo del Toro movie, which I had just rewatched and was fresh on my mind, and it is uh, visually in terms of set design and like how it looks, a very noticeable step down. If you just well, compare we'll get into those how this scenes. movie looks. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, this was my favorite part scene of the whole movie, just because I, I genuinely... <laughs> because of Lobster Johnson? Well, not not just because of, lo- of, of the t- 10 seconds we get of the, the of the goat, the absolute lad, Lobster Johnson, but also because uh, it was the only part that felt like it wasn't like deeply compromised by the fact that this is like trying to be a Marvel movie, um, which is weird because it also looks the most like Captain America, the first Avenger. But like, I like Captain America. It doesn't even look Avenger. like that. It looks like when they made the Valiant like, Machinima series. <laughs> I, I haven't seen those. I haven't seen those. Oh, we should have you back for Bloodshot. Costume. <laughs> the one guy that, yeah um but it's just like every single costume i need you of as the only other person that's read magnus the robot in a, in a well i'm gonna talk about magnus too actually, later um but every costume looks cheap in like a machinimo kind of way like yeah. the way that the nazis are wearing like 3d goggles that like glow in this scene yeah like, yeah. like, yes yeah. oh that was like because Which that's is, supposed to be the swastika like, monocle guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's, it's like comics kind of comics accurate. It just doesn't translate to film. No, it doesn't. But I, genu- I genuinely it is, think that Hellboy's origin is like top sorry, five. Let's, let's let Graham shit. finish a sentence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, it's it's great because someone got confused by the thing in 90s comics where you sh- the color shiny black as dark blue, which is like my favorite look ever, but they, they just sort of went Oh, the the goggles light up blue, and then gave that to everybody in this scene. And it, like, it's, it's dumb because they went, they tried to make it look closer. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just cheap. It does. It's, it, it did look very bad. Yeah. And like the gas mask guy, his gas mask is kind of too big. It's like it looks like cosplay. Yeah. It looks like the CW. Yeah, exactly. It looks like 
Yeah, it's like a step above that into the machinima tier. It looks. I'm gonna. I'm gonna meet you. I'm gonna split the difference between movie and 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 internet yeah. shit. I'm gonna say it looks like Legends of Tomorrow when they would like do like a JSA episode. It's even a little bit lower than that. You think so? Like, I would say so. Actually, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Because they did do a really good Obsidian costume in the JSA episode. <laughs> it's it's a classic um, adaptation and translation problem where when you try. You aim the, the you you kind of aim for literal, but because you're operating in a different medium in a different context, the literal translation brings less of the f- intended feeling and vibe and yeah. meaning of what you're translating. Yeah. So you actually end up behind where you wanted to be. And then you also um, have the money guy on your shoulder being like, "Yeah, we can't." Yeah, we'll get this into shit. Yeah. we'll get into that. <laughs> just, it, 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 I'll, I'll admit Boy, this: we only had a fifty million dollar budget, so I was. I was I going in, I thought it was a bigger budget than that by a bit. So I allowances for that at least. But um, anyway, so uh, we go through this flashback, which I was surprised they did because for a minute I thought they're just going to do like a, we. Y- you already know the stuff from the other movies. We're just going to kind of skip over it. Um, I think the only reason why they changed it is so that they could do the revised Lobster Johnson origin, which is kind of a really funny yeah because because Magnola. Who I think is credited okay, well, as a let's screenwriter. Save, let's save Lobster Johnson. I'll do the concise <laughs> okay, plot summary. Okay. Then we'll circle back and go through the the things. Okay. Um, Hellboy rides out to go hunt giants. All these guys turn on him and kill him. Uh, uh, well, they try to kill him, but he doesn't die. Uh, uh, then he passes out. They all get eaten by the giants they were hunting. He fights the giants in uh, an action scene that is like very like third floor previs. It's very bad. Um, uh, where it's like it probably seemed cool conceptually, but just it's just so green screeny. Uh, and then uh, he uh, he he go. How does he? Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, he, he, goes, he gets he gets he goes knocked down. He, gets knocked he ends down. up. He gets knocked down. Alice, and Alice he, like sends paramedics for him. Alice with the dreadlocks. She sends like paramedics for him. Oh, that's yeah. Sasha, Sasha, yeah, Sasha Lane she, shows up, up at her house. Sasha just, Lane shows up, and I was like, yeah. I turned into Tiffany Pollard in that one part of a Flavor of Love where she's like Beyonce, but it, I was like Sasha Lane. The, the gay <laughs> people who listen to this podcast will get it. Any, anyway, um, yeah, he wakes up in the apartment of this girl, and the, he, she, they quote the Jabberwock at each other. He's like, "Oh, it's Alice, this little psychic baby that I knew twenty years ago." And she's like, my parents are dead, and I'm kind of mad that you never talked to me again, but also you saved my life, so so what's up, I'm ride or die? And she's like, I, I, I can read minds and hear, or I can hear, no, I can hear the dead talking to me, telling me to kill you, and I could kill you because I've got a magic shotgun under the table, uh, but I'm not going to. So he's like, you're the only person I trust in the whole wide world. Anyway, a SWAT team busts in, but they're actually from the the BPRD, which they're is from like the good Shield, doctor. They're led magic. by Doctor Han, who's doing a he's doing a, a Newt Gunray voice for some reason. Like he's doing, yeah, he's supposed to be be British he's, and Japanese. He's trying to do an English accent, it's, but he's it's, also he's trying trouble. to do Japanese shit because he's like a based like fucking like uh, you know stoic warrior. So it just sounds like Newt Gunray. Like it, and it took me so long to place that until i was like getting mad about the movie to emily and then i just like naturally like sprung from my i was like oh yeah he sounds like new gun right like that's 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 the voice (laughs) well the original uh cast member for this guy who is later revealed to be a mexican werewolf uh is 
uh, was originally going to be like a white guy. And then like this was this yeah. was you know like it was gonna be um, like twenty nineteen. What's his name from Deadpool? Yeah, Ajax. This is like twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, since oh, twenty nineteen. Um, race switching the cast can only go one direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They they canceled him, and he was Although like, Japanese I'm... and Koreans are interchangeable. Yeah. This is how you can tell. I mean, come on. They got they got the Korean Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day. Can't. Well, the, there's also another race swap in this movie, which is, uh, and I'm actually surprised that th- you could really tell this movie had zero fucking cultural impact because they change Alice Monahan in the comics is like Irish. Like she's like, it's supposed to be Celtic. Like that's why the fairies were after her is because she's like, fucking like a you know like an irish person that's like in tune with the earth and then they made her like a black woman and then, and that would have 100 percent like some annoying internet asshole would have been all over that shit but like no one saw this movie oh yeah nobody nobody cared. <laughs> I, I mean I, I think most of the cast are like fine they're just stuck with Sa- sasha lane but... innocence oh yeah no i'm not just dis- i'm not disparaging Actually, it. i found I her to be that- the most likable presence on screen despite the fact they She's give her character actress. a lot of annoying dialogue i'm um, not saying that but like i can like i can like if i do like the mentat like eyes roll back in my head i can list like half of the <laughs> of the like ginger to black race swaps just because of the amount of times like, oh, guys with yeah, no oh, it is, yeah. it, no, we've she, talked she's about on that. the infamous like list of yeah that. like I, I remember you going through it before and being like i don't know who that is yeah I was like, in my head i was like oh that's that's Alice from Hellboy 2019. Yeah. They're erasing Stu's people. It is a weird trend. I think oh, did they get that. mad about like, that? It is yeah. a weird trend. Yeah, um, yeah, but... Well, and, how, and, many, and, how many redheads are there that are going to do a cape shit movie? There's got to be way more black people that will do a cape shit movie. Redheads are off, like, like you know, doing, like, fucking ginger porn or whatever. <laughs> there aren't statistically die jobs aside. There, there's not a lot of us outside of like Ireland and Scotland. Yeah, it's like one to two percent. Right, actually, there's probably fewer natural redheads in America than there are black people. Um, well, yeah, we're like anyway. The, uh, there were like eight hundred percent of the population. So Alice, uh, on the flimsiest pretext, is just like I'm coming along because Hellboy is my friend, and also reasons I'm psychic. And uh, 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 Ian McShane is like, well, she's a powerful psychic. Bring her along. It's like the movie's just like, she's in the movie now. She's, she's just in the movie now. All right. Uh, uh, and uh, oh, and Daniel Day Kim, his character's whole thing is that he just hates monsters and supernatural things. He's just super racist against them, which is why, yeah. Oh, surprise. In the end, it turns out he's a were jaguar. Um, which I bet in the comics, I haven't read the arc that he's in, but I bet that reveal is so sick. It, it, it is much better. Yeah, I, I'll, we can get into it oh, yeah, later. The, the comics but. are, like I said, it's a bunch of stuff that is from the comics just executed. Oh, yeah, badly. I'm not disparaging um, that. I just, yeah. I, I remember yeah. watching the movie and I'm like, this is like, this is like, like getting, you know, it's like, it, there's like a line between like good and bad. And like, this is like, they're like dry humping the line. You know, they're, they're not getting this, there. <laughs> this, this movie really feels like they were like, how do we update Hellboy for 2019? Yeah. You know, like there's so much of this movie just feels like an amalgamation of tropes from that decades of movies. And just in terms of tone execution, the style of quips and, 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 and the look of it. Every fight scene has to be set to a song. And, and now that I've, that I've tricked Stu into rambling, I will finish the plot summary. Ha ha ha. Silence. No, no. Okay. 
90 seconds. Watch me go. Uh, they go back to the office. Hellboy gets a visit from the Baba Yaga. She's like, blah, 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 exposition. Uh, the, the, uh, 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 the, the, the fairy that Alice was swapped for, the changeling, uh, he hates Hellboy for kicking his ass. So he puts the Blood Queen back together. Um, that was hot. Like, God, I can't so, lie. so much stuff just happens in this movie that doesn't go anywhere. That it's scene where they're like they, sewing the her body guys, together. Oof. 90 seconds. 90 the seconds. The Osiris guys, guys are all killed. Uh, they, 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 uh, they go to fight the, the Blood Queen. Uh, uh, she's like, Hellboy, join me uh, and be evil. He's like, no. Uh, then she's like, uh, uh, okay, here, I left behind someone who will uh, point you towards uh, the cave of Merlin. Merlin's like, take Excalibur. Hellboy has a vision of turning evil and killing all these monsters with Excalibur. He's like, but no, the monsters are also my brothers and we should stop killing them, even though every monster I've ever met was a monster. Um, and then... Uh, uh, shit pops off in uh, London. The Blood Queen's bringing up monsters. She's spreading a plague. They go to fight. Uh, uh, he gets his ass kicked. And then she's like, join me. Join me again. Uh, and then she kills Ian McShane. Uh, and then uh, Hellboy grabs Excalibur because it turns out it was under the church th the whole time. And then he uh, kills her with it, but now he's got Excalibur and uh, he's got his horns and he's going to be the arbiter of the apocalypse. All these demons are crawling out of the earth. You, you, for, you forgot then, an important um, thing because it's revealed he's actually the scion of of Arthur because what Arthur? Oh yeah, yeah, he's part of the bloodline of of Arthur. Yeah, um, and she fucked a demon or something because his mother was a human, his dad was a demon, whatever. Uh, really? And then um, Alice. Uh, uh, Listen, uh, British she can she can like regurgitate ghosts out I of her it. intestines. She regurgitates Ian McShane's ghost, and he's like, "You don't have to be evil, son. I love you." <laughs> oh, that he's was like, oh, okay, Dad. And then he puts the sword back in the stone. That and was then all so the demons weird. just go back to hell, and the holes all close up, and the tiles come back together, and the manhole pops back yeah. into place, and uh, no big deal. The cool monsters. Goes home happy. That, that was actually fun. That was those those, those designs looked so, so much. Some of those demon that. designs were kind of cool for the five seconds you get to see them. Yeah, yeah. you could tell yeah. that they just like Literally, they didn't have every... they didn't have like enough money to like send the the designs to the money guy to like approve of. So they just got Magnolia to like draw a bunch of fucking cool ass demons, and then they just like sent it to the CGI guys and were like, "Fuck it, put it in the movie," you know. And so it's like the it's like the every coolest. monster. That's in the movie for more than like ten minutes. It's just gray and like kind of like rotted or dry skin, it's, and then has like patches of gray hair. And then at the end, for like three minutes, the ones that he doesn't even fight. It, it is actually that thing where fucking like, cool. Monsters and creatures always have to be like kind of monochromatic, so you, so you don't have like yeah. variants in their color yeah. to make which is, features on them pop. I uh, have it's a, very common. I have an anecdote about that. While. I have, but, a, but it's like Gruyock, the like warthog, the like um, the vampire at the beginning, and like Baba Yaga all look like this, like the same character. Yeah. Oh, and the giants too. And and it's like oh you can see God. how their Especially, designs. Sorry, can I go off about um the why the like first scene in the wrestling ring is awful? Yeah, go yeah. on. I, oh yes, just I, give me I, one I mean, every, second. Every, Something I yeah, left yeah, out yeah, of my plot summary. Uh, Daniel Day Kim, when when at, at the moment when he needs to, lets himself turn into a jaguar and learns to love his monster side. Anyway, yes, uh, wrestling ring. Yes. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So that comic isn't drawn by Mignola. That's one of his like rare collaborations. Where it's drawn by Richard Corbin, who did. 
the den segment. Yeah, Richard Metal, Corbin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh like, yeah. He, he's got this great career where he he's done every sort of thing you can do in comics. He did TMNT, where it's still a mirage. He came up with like the iconography of like the little legs sticking out of the shell that's in like the Time Warp games. Um, he did. He worked at Mad Magazine. He did a Magnus Robot Fighter parody called Mangle Robot Mangler. So it's like my mom was a fan of him twice without even knowing it. Like she had the Bat Out of Hell album, which like he painted that album cover. Uh, for Meatloaf, and she had that Mad Magazine that she like drew um, this this Magnus robot fighter parody, and I'm like, Mom, do you know like who this guy is? And she's like, <laughs> Mangle robot mangler? No, I don't know who that is. So I'm like, you know the guy that drew it painted the Bat Out of Hell album cover, and like, so she read the Hellboy in Mexico comics um, after I told her that, which is Aww. like where the sequence it's so comes cool. from. Yeah, and it's like, like this is. He was kind of a juggernaut. Like he did everything you could do in comics. It yeah. Unfortunately, passed on. But it's like he was in Raw Magazine when Art Spiegelman started that because, like, you know, so he, he was published next to Mouse when they started making that. It's like there wasn't a lot of places for work that's actually fucking good. And and he was one of those guys that did everything. He did some DC. He did some Marvel. But like he also did everything else you could do because he was that good. And he did this great Hellboy comic. And it's this gray, sludgy vampire man bat like ripoff that Cowboy slams into the ring. It's so funny that uh, speaking of Richard Corbin, I think the the current Dan yeah. collection that just came out is a forward from Patton Oswalt. Oh, I'm, you know, they they should have got Jeff Darrow, but sure, I bet Patton Oswalt loves that cartoon too. Yeah, um, uh, or, or I, that comic too. Can I can I bring up just because it says it sounds like a a good. Um, just in, in terms of sort of the visual design, because again, I'm, I'm approaching this from the perspective of someone who doesn't, hasn't read any of the comics. You should. Uh, I, I know yeah, I probably, yeah. I probably should have considering I literally have nothing else to no, do I this mean, week. Not even like, as, <laughs> uh, not but, even for homework. I think no, you would genuinely yeah. love them. I think, I think. Yeah, no, like, I get the, I get the yeah. feeling too, but I'm, I'm approaching this from the perspective of someone who, who likes the Guillermo del Toro movie so you know i'm I'm used to that but so i i rewatched that in addition to seeing this for the first time and and something i noticed immediately was just sort of the the difference in the visual design of hellboy um david harbour's prosthetics are oh just ugly they're (laughs) bad they're they're including they're they're really occluding his ability to like emote in a way that is like other than like constant scowling and and i I realize it's because the the forehead and like the the horns are kind of are like too close down which i understand is like comic accurate like i've seen sort of the the design of hellboy from the and he has a very prominent like forehead and brow but like i watched a like there's a gamma del toro puts his whole fucking pussy into like the extras for for his movies because there's like a two and a half hour documentary on just the making of the first Hellboy and there's like a whole section about how they designed like the look and how it was basically they took um these existing like molds of Ron Perlman's face from when he did Beauty and the Beast and they they gamma like molded 
the the Hellboy, like what would be that makeup design onto a bust of Ron Perlman. So it was, you know, basically designed to like be, you know, to fit onto Ron Perlman's face. And like, it's, it's a, like I saw the whole like thing of how they, they did. It's basically a mask he pulled on. It, it, it doesn't look at it. It looks like it's just like a makeup application. Um, but you, you look at David Harbour and he's just buried in this stuff like I, yeah and he's got like the big yeah. the strong contact lenses on i'm just not reading well, ron, ron perlman already has a face for hellboy yeah exactly i mean i think, well, yeah. Yeah, I think david <laughs> yeah. harbour does too but like i think david harbour could have done an all right job but he's yeah. just the, the makeup is just it's, it's the, also heavy. they like it's the first thing I, I noticed was that it was also the wrong color red like it's a little bit too light like he looks like he's he's a, like a you ever seen like a fat guy get a suntan like it like, <laughs> like it looks like that yeah my dad <laughs> my dad yeah, it is it is a little too like tomato red when it needs yeah. to be a little more crimson it's supposed uh, to be yeah it's supposed to be like a little bit if you're gonna do live action hellboy i think making him look like brick red is probably like the best way like you can't really get that super deep like blood red saturated red that they go for in the comics but i think doing doing like a brick red like a deep like stone brick red works really well because it's a it's a very like it's close enough to a human skin tone that you can do a lot of familiar shit with it you know you can shade it well you can apply makeup to something that's, that's that skin tone so i think that helps go a long way to like establishing audience empathy um that yeah they did. and also the the hair why did they do the long hair oh, was, yeah. that, was that something it that happened yeah. like a later, a later they, hellboy book no, or something he, no he always has the man bun and he always has an eagle's nest like the top of his head is always bald they they want you to forget like the del toro movies exist so hard when they made this, like like changing all shit like that. Yeah, like, they made a not putting it he looks like, in it for He looks like a top cow. Character. He's at the very end. He's yeah, at the they, very end. He's they the made a lot of weird yeah. weird choices that seem like that that only exist to differentiate them from the yeah. Del Toro movies. Like making Broom into but, discount elsewhere and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's um, can I, they combine they combine like the torch character with Broom. It's very strange. Yeah, can I can I delve into Sorry, a little bit of the or or yeah, you can do you, some. Do you oh, you're just, oh, you're I was just gonna say like they stole they stole his attitude from the Del Toro. Like they made him even more immature than he is in those movies, and that's kind of the thing that's only in those movies. You know, like Hellboy's attitude in general. He you know he, he's not he's sarcastic, but he's not just immature to every response. Yeah, and it's like they. They just exact like they just extended that yeah. to this movie. Sorry, they made him into like a a fifteen year old like meatball metalhead guy that you know in high school. He's like almost Beavis and sure. Butthead yeah. in this movie. Sometimes it's which is uh, is is kind of I always get the vibe that he's like uh like like Jack Knight Starman. You know, he's like uh. Uh, a reference everyone knows. Yeah, I, yeah, fuck, I dude, I'm, like, I'm trying I to think of like Starman. I've read two issues. Fuck, dude, like I can't think of like he's like you know he's got like he's got like a like a like a, a Japanese style man bun. Like he's like a he's like yeah. a chill ass white boy. You know, he's like a he's like yeah. a, a good. Hellboy says, Hellboy says crap a lot. He doesn't swear because he's irritated, but like. 
he's mature about the situation. Yeah. Like, he knows, like, the only way out is through. It's not like, yeah, he's, this is ridiculous. He's, I hate everything. He's not the, like, he's not like the, the deep lore book guy, but, like, he knows things in yeah. the comic. Yeah. He takes his job somewhat seriously. I Like, reading, like, what I read of, like, I've read, like, the first, I guess, nine, ten issues. Um, okay, yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. And the, the, the way he's written in those comes across not unlike like a pulp or nor detective type character, yeah. especially since he does a lot of narration. Yeah. Some background. Um, okay, so maybe we should before we start about the movie, we should go into the background about Hellboy as a sure, character. Sure, sure. Get get. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. I won't do too much comic stuff because we can go into like comic stuff in in particular uh, later. But I, I let's do straight up IP. So like. Hellboy was a character that was, I, I think, originally based off of a sketch that uh, Mike Mignola yeah. Min- did. Mignola or Mignola? Mignola. 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 Yeah, he just like, Min- drew a demon orc yeah. guy and called him Hellboy yeah. just like on a whim. Uh, yeah, he had like a little like, like almost like wrestler looking belt. And then he and then he ended up riffing out the character some more. Uh, Pisha to Dark Horse. They fucking, they picked it up. And at the time, Dark Horse was like, sort of in the middle of like a big push because they were trying to of course like image had just come around they're trying and, to create image comics yeah, for themselves yeah, yeah they were trying to do a bigger a big push because they were sort of known for more black and white mature stuff your like direct market stuff like well, your uh what they were mostly known for was just adaptations that is that they too the, yeah you know the they did the hell or the alien comics they did predator comics they did terminator yeah Robocop. Etc. Etc. And they all fought each other in those somewhere along the way. They, yes. I'm thinking of. I'm also thinking of the uh, of the the black and white. Or I, they started off as black and white. That like city. What was it called? Like City of Heroes. It's like there's like some shit that like that, that like only like, only forty five year old guys only forty five year old guys get into. Yeah. They made a bunch of like superhero books that like are oh, like that was what the fuck was that yeah, was that dirt before legends i don't know yeah. I, I know what you're talking about where it was just like yeah they had frank miller like draw a cover for the x and then barbed wire is the only one that ever got an adaptation yeah. or oh, any kind wire. of notability <laughs> yes yeah barbed wire was uh she breasted one of the few titles yeah one of the few like actual dark horse like whatever whatever this line was where it was yeah like, early dark, dark horse Horses, universe yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, well, maybe it's the creators that make these things. So, so they got the big guys at the, well, some of the big guys at the time, like Art Adams, John Byrne, um, Mignola came over. Frank Miller had kind of been doing his thing there for a little bit. Uh, and, but he, he brought Jeff Darrow in with him. Yes. And they created the Legends line because, like, Image was all flash and no substance. You know, it's called Image Comics. The guys drew well and didn't write because Todd McFarlane's the smartest one of them. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I've yeah. read some of like yeah. Rob Liefeld's Blood Strike when I was a kid. And even yeah. as a kid, I was like, yeah, exactly. which I like love that shit. In this. I love that yeah. shit. <laughs> which is it's so funny because it, it, it all of it. And reading that stuff is so funny because like eight issues in, like just Alan Moore will start writing it. You know, like it's like yeah, it, it, it's, it's <laughs> like they wanted to get fucking Gil Kane to draw Young Blood or whatever. Like they were. <laughs> um. So yeah, so their their thing was like we're going to be legends and actually tell stories people yes. to fucking read, and some of those comics actually are pretty damn readable. Oh yeah, 
I, I would say most. I yeah. mean, like, fucking... Wasn't 1963 oh, yeah, part yeah. of that as well? No, 63 was image. Okay. Well, there was something I was... There's some, anyway, that doesn't matter. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, they, they come up with Hellboy, and uh, uh, John Byrne was sort of involved in the co-creation. And the sort of biggest, like, legacy of him being involved in that is uh, uh, The Torch of Liberty, which was a six-issue... Uh, like sort of like golden age Captain America riff character that he came up with who uh, is the lobster Johnson uh, and also sort of father figure to Hellboy. He was like, yeah, part in, of the, in team. the comics that I have, he's there at the beginning when Hellboy's brought into the world. Yeah. And then yeah. Hellboy mentions that like uh, uh, Torch of Liberty gave him his gun and tried to teach him to shoot. It was like, you're the worst shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that so he disappears very early on because uh I think John Byrne left Dark Horse or or something happened with that book. So and it, it never got what it, yeah. what it was was um was just uh Mignola, Mignola only ever had John Byrne write the dialogue mm-hmm. and um even even in issue three, like the letters column, John Byrne is like, I think uh Mignola is gonna be writing this thing the next time he does a miniseries because they're all of Hellboy's miniseries is. And then um by issue four, Mignola in interviews he said, Yeah, I was erasing most of John Byrne's dialogue anyways and just putting my own stuff in. Uh, it was just like a mutual a lot of people have a lot of problems with John Byrne. Most creatives disagree with him for one reason or another. But yes. in the case of Hellboy it was just a mutual. John Byrne knew he didn't actually have to be writing the dialogue. He was just acting as training wheels for Mignola, and Mignola came to that same agreement by the end of the minute. The first, the first four or five issues, whatever that arc is. Oh, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the torch disappears, uh, and obviously the biggest outcome of that was like Mignola or Mignola for a while was like. Uh, I want to. I like if I done it. If I done it again, like I would have done Lobster Johnson because he like fits better with the with the mythos. Um, I kind of like the Torch as a as a little fun fuck off character because it makes the world like seem bigger than it actually is. But I get why he went with Lobster it, Johnson. It gave me that like a, a little touch of Watchmen, where it's like, oh, this is just also a world where there's like Captain America type guys in the World War Two and shit. Yeah, uh, and I I kind of like that. But I get why he wanted it to be different because it does sort of he sort of he he sort of like compartmentalizes his stuff like Hellboy, even though there's a lot of like superhero stuff in it, like it doesn't really do superhero tropes like there's not really like super villains. There's not really like like the team is just straight up like a government organization. But Mignola loves all that stuff. So like he'll do like Lobster Johnson, which is just like which has its own comic book series that has, I think, like two Omnis. At this point, like 800 pages worth of material. And that is just like him doing like, I love, I fucking love pulp stuff. So like, we're going to have like super villains. We're going to have like, (laughs) you know, brains in a jar type dudes. And that, and he also uh, did a a prequel series that I think also takes place in the Hellboy universe called the Sword of Hyperborea, which is just like, is literally just Conan. It is just him doing, doing Conan. Um, and so, yeah, the Hellboy kind of, uh, was one of the, the, the first like, uh, indie titles to really blow up, like, uh, with mainstream, like it was part of that whole like wave along with like spawn and, 
to a lesser extent, like, uh, like Grendel and stuff where it was just like, holy shit, like you can make a comic that's still like superhero-y and still like, you know, action punch man stuff, but like it can be written really fucking well. Um, and it's just kind of been chugging along ever since. Like they, they just kind of bang out, uh, stuff whenever they feel like it. There's like a billion different Hellboy spinoffs. I don't think anyone on the planet has read all of Hellboy. And if they have, they probably have like a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> um, there's like, there's like fun, there's so much the shit. It's, it seems like there's a lot of like semi self-contained, yeah, like mini series and not like one, one through issue one through a hundred type deal. Which which makes it really readable because uh, most of the stories are self-contained or involve characters usually from the first two arcs like seed of destruction and right hand of doom like characters from that will which is will show up kind of what makes this movie a mess because they take the three volumes of hellboy that do kind of flow into each other back to back like seven eight and nine yeah are like kind of the only ones where the lore fucking matters and it's like there's no groundwork to let that's why this movie is so disjointed and so much of it is flashbacks it's like these were the only hellboy books that actually like needed to be stuck together and they tried to do it immediately. It's yeah. like it, it, it just became a mess from the start because of that, I feel like. Seems to be a problem with so many of these is rather than like build up to a thing over yeah. a couple of movies, they want to like jump in and like like, oh, like yeah. start in second gear. It does something that the opposite of most other Hellboy media does. Because there's a lot of Hellboy media. There's like four or five animated series. There's a cartoon uh, there's a oh, really? Guillermo I didn't Del actually Toro know that they ever got there's, animated. There's two cartoon movies. I there's don't know two. If there's car- a whole yeah, series. I think there was yeah. there like a. I don't know. There's a lot of Hellboy shit. There's like there's there's uh, there's a video games. There's fucking. Uh, they just put out a video game last year actually, uh, that features one of the last yeah. voice performances of Lance Reddick. Um, and most of those are either adapting like a very small like four issue arc or they're doing like their own story within the Hellboy universe because Hellboy is one of those great characters where you can just say like fuck it we're doing like a bottle episode like most of Hellboy is bottle episodes uh most oh. of the the nice. films are original or original stories like Golden Army is just some shit that Del Toro made up. Yeah, that's uh, that's just a right. Del Toro. It, it does. Uh, yeah, it thing. seems yeah. like a, a character and world that actually lends itself to flexible, yeah. Yeah, exact uh, interpretation, which like like a Batman kind of does. Yeah, and stuff. Um, can I help in here, boy? Can talk about one of the short stories that this movie tried to adapt. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Alan's origin is from um, the short story called "The Corpse," whereas Mignola. I don't remember what he was serializing it in. Maybe it was Dark Horse Presents, but he was drawing a page of the comic at a time. So it was like he, and and like publishing a page at a time. So it was like every page had to be like quick beats of something happening. And you might remember the like a Like a serialized webcomic almost, or they're kind of like Yeah, kind of, yeah. You might remember the corpse itself shows up in the first Del Toro movie. It like hops on his back and points him like where to go through oh, um, yeah, I can't remember that. the grave sequence. Yeah. This movie notably does not feature the corpse from the hit Hellboy story, the corpse. It just does the start where uh, Alice has been kidnapped by, by the fairies. And then he calls the fairies on the phone, I think. And they return <laughs> yeah, her he does. within the hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it's instead of taking the cool visual like piece from that, which is there's so many you know, odd him decisions. having to walk through just yeah the, the woods with a corpse pointing out directions, just silently telling him where to go. They 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 like introduce Rasputin and then like like kill like they just like oh yeah he's straight up dead like he's not and I mean they could they, I sure, guess if they yeah. did a sequel they could say like oh he survived it actually but like uh, you you would you you could Indiana Jones that that is kind of what happens to him in the comic it's always ambiguous where he went like after the portal opens up but yeah uh, why why am I giving this movie any credit it's bad oh. <laughs> uh, they do the they do the wild hunt as uh, another which is the uh, the start of the third Omni uh, and I haven't read that one. Wild one hunt. The one. I forget what the other two are called. Right? Yeah, in the third Omni before it turns into Hellboy and Hell. But those three books are. It's like I I don't think it's called the Blood Queen is the actual comic, but it's like that. It's like a three part arc with um, yeah. Mila Jovovich's character in the comic. And that, that's what I was saying. It was just it doesn't make sense to start there when those are the only actual ones with lore you could do. There's hundreds of pages of Hellboy stories that are just Oh yeah. My favorite Hellboy story is the the one where he goes to I think it's St. George's Forest and he slays the dragon. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a really the, good one. That's too. like my yeah. favorite fucking Hellboy story of all time. And, but, and it, yeah, it seems like you could just take one or two stories that uh, have enough overlapping elements and then fix them up into a movie like story that's just self-contained and yeah, doesn't I have mean, to be like an epic end of the world trip uh, the great thing i think the next yeah you go i think the next reboot that they're working on is just based off the crooked, the crooked man, man yeah. the other one of the the richard corbin like short stories i mean that one's, that one's scary after how they that that finished shooting in me already now. just Oh, oh yeah. they're already done. They're, yeah, yeah they they're already done, and uh, the only actor of any note that's in that is the the butler from Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel Air. Like, I'm not even kidding. The entire <laughs> oh, I look at the entire sure. rest of the cast, what? and they don't even have what is pictures this on Redbox. I, they don't even have pictures on their Wikipedia oh. page. <laughs> uh, most of the cast doesn't have Wikipedia oh. entries. Uh, from what I understand, I knew I didn't recognize the guy they cast as Hellboy, but I didn't realize it was that dismal. From what I understand, oh, no. Mignola, or Mignola pulled like a like a McFarlane and just said like "fuck it, I'm getting like my own like yes men to do this." And Mignola's great; sure. he's, like a, he's he's a he's a great dude, love him. But uh, he played Black Tom Cassidy in Deadpool. That's that's what. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Most people. yeah, he I was, doesn't have I was a photo on his director. But like yeah, the director's a whole other It's beast. the director of Crank. It's the director of Crank as well as the screenwriter oh, of no. Jonah Hex. Oh, oh no. no. And, hey, and the Uh-oh. the Grant Morrison the Grant Morrison TV happy. show, which I've heard is like yeah. I, I, I like it was fine. It's like my dad yeah, surprisingly really show. <laughs> yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. I like I I can believe that hundred percent. It's it's weird because it feels more like a Mark Miller show comic than a, uh, yeah, that yeah that one's that one that one is is very is a very weird comic yeah it's kind of the inverse of superman red sun where it's like you wrote this you know right yeah <laughs> that would actually, actually that would be sick that would be sick if morrison paid the favor forward and just let let miller <laughs> write a series for 
<laughs> it was like, okay, we're, we're even now. Like I release you from our bar. Right. So what do you actually, so uh, transitioning from the comics and their history into how we end up at this movie and its production, uh, what do you make of the Guillermo del Toro movies and what happened with Mignolix? It seems like he was on board with them at one point and then I did the came work. to dislike them at another point. Yeah, let's let Nicole, uh, we'll let Nicole talk. About yeah. Yeah. So um, it's the listeners are probably very, very well aware that I am very ride or die for Guillermo del Toro. Love him. I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed I, at I, him for the Trayvon Martin Force Ghost. Listen, he don't got he don't got Internet. He don't got Internet. I don't know yeah, what to. He has a Twitter. Yeah, account. but in this case, he, he, has, don't he got has a internet. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he, don't, he don't he don't go onto that part of the Internet. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, why is he friends just, with I really love Vernet? Like they're, they're all like, that's direct, you made, whatever. You, you made but, fucking Pan's Labyrinth. You can, and you hang out with Hideo Kojima. Like you could pull a real director. <laughs> okay. But I, I, I love the guy. Cause I don't know. I think, I think part of it is just reminds me of my dad a little bit. He's just like, he's just a filmmaker. I think he, like, I love watching He seems like a very work. sweet guy. Uh, he, I like he just, him. He just puts. He puts his heart into what he does and like that enthusiasm really translates on the screen. Um, I, I fucking, I don't care what anyone says. I love The Shape of Water. It is a beautiful love story. I love Crimson Peak. That is I wonder so if shit. that was... If that was the uh, the falling out between Mignola and, and that Del Toro to be because not helping because that bro just seems like it didn't help. Bro just said, "I want to fuck Abe Sapien." Listen, well, I, 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 I get it though. I get it though. Beforehand, because um, Del Toro sorry, was that? sorry, Del Toro poached like one of the one of the main BPRD guys to do concept art for uh, um, Pacific Rim. Oh shit! What's oh, his name now? Yeah, that uh, guy. guy Davis. Guy Davis. Um, he was he was like a BPRD artist, uh, which was like the best spinoff series. It's so um, good. And uh, there's surprisingly no money in third party comics, and there is money in designing monsters for Del Toro. So uh, he left one job for the other. Uh, understandable, but. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah, but BPRD so is what, so what much better have, than, how, than, uh, than Pacific Rim. I mean, and I like Pacific Rim. But oh, um, yeah. I'm I'm pulling a lot of uh, this information from Alex Gillinder of uh, Film Stories and uh, uh, Uberto Gonzalez and Tim Malloy for the rap. But uh, this basically starts at so so uh, Guillermo del Toro does two Hellboy films. Uh, he really wanted to make a third one, and that one was going to be tentatively called uh, Rise of the Blood Queen. Um, Golden Army, the second one, made like a decent profit, but studios were hesitant to go forward. What if it was Rise of the Black Queen and there was Hellboy trying to stop Lizzo from committing sexual assault? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but but yeah, studios were like not willing to throw their money behind uh, Guillermo's ideas because as elaborate and ornate and, and visualized as they are, they are often very expensive and these movies were getting more and more expensive as they went along. He's also very uh, self-sabotaging as a director. Like, I love his stuff, but then he just does, like, boneheaded. Like, he's like, fuck it, Netflix can make a sequel to Pacific Rim, you know? Like, we do fucking get John Boyega in there instead of Idris But... Alba. 
so I guess the some producers offered him another go at Hellboy, but with the caveat that the project be done by a completely different director and under like a completely new creative vision with like a smaller scale script that was written by Nolan is uh, collaborator Christopher Golden, uh, i.e. without any of Guillermo's like input. Obviously, he declined. It uh, should be noted that Mignola and um, Guillermo del Toro had worked very closely on the original Hellboy together, but like to the extent where he like had given del Toro his blessing to be like, adapt this, you know, in your own vision, like this is your take, but it was a very collaborative approach. But at, at some point there were like rumors, this is mostly hearsay, I couldn't find anything on the record. Uh, that they had a falling out at some point during uh, the Golden Army because Guillermo was kind of just overtaking the, the movie as like this is his thing now. Um, I can and see so that. there's like there's there's debate as to whether this effort for the 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 reboot or the was done in part to prevent him like Del Toro from being able to make a third film and thus hold on to the rights to it. Again, this is speculation. I don't want to say this is definitive, but whatever. That's some context. I will uh, say so it's the, definitive. The- Mostly because uh, The Golden <laughs> Army is barely a Hellboy movie. Like it's, I mean, I like The Golden Army. It's like a very well-made film. It is 100%. It's not, it's not my favorite. It's, 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 it's 100% Del Toro trying to make an Elric movie. It's like not even close. Especially because... Uh, yeah, I can, actually, oh, I can kind of see what you mean. Now, I think I haven't uh, seen that in a long time. But I can, yeah, Mignola, like, Mignola uh, did the covers for, uh, and I think also did some Elric comics, but did the covers for the, the Elric re-releases that came out around that time. Um, okay, so oh, then they... Just, sorry, on a, on a side note there, who is the, the uh, mangaka who did those awesome Elric covers? Oh, that's Amano. Uh, that's the guy who did the... the it's not He's not a mangaka, he's a... He's an artist that did, well, he's done manga, but he's uh, or covers for manga. He did like Vampire Hunter D, but he oh, you see now, Mono. He's sort of he's sort of most he famous for rocks. doing. He did all like the like uh, the Castlevania covers. Yeah, for, like, oh, yeah, yeah I can recognize yeah. the style in in yeah. what I see those. Oh yeah, Nicole, look at it. Look at his uh, look at his Elric art. His it kicks ass. Yeah, no, I know. He did. He did designs for like uh, Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust. There's really not bad Elric covers. I have a, uh, I have some Elric books behind me, and I have. I got I got to read more of those. I've really only read the first one. Uh, I have the new times. printing, and even that cover is pretty good. But I have a, I have a couple of the '60s ones, uh, specifically of like Elric and Time, and those are just like insane. That that shit was like the closest you could get to gay porn in like the '70s. Okay, um, but any anyways, anyways, yeah, they eventually took the they decided to just take the potential third movie to Neil Marshall, at which point it was turned into a reboot effort. Uh now Neil Marshall, he hadn't made a movie in nine years. He's probably most famous for the movies uh Dog Soldiers, which I just watched. I I thought was pretty good. Didn't love it. I, I saw that not long after it came out. It's all right. It's 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 pretty good. Oh, Especially he for a debut. And he did The Descent, which Descent's is probably his good. most famous. I actually haven't seen The Descent, but I know the, the reputation The Descent has. It's like considered very much like a modern masterpiece. Is it decent? Is <laughs> it decent? decent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stew-ass joke. I know. 
That's not, like that's awesome. a dad joke. My God. Um, but yeah, Marshall, he was promised a hard R horror Whoa. angle from the film. <laughs> we were going to let Hellboy say it? Dude, finally. It's yeah, settled, it's been pass. settling an pass. argument that I've had for so long. Is, is Hellboy he got the, to say they, it? They gave Neil Marshall the, the pass for Hellboy to say it. Um, this, but specifically with like uh, Mignola's like word that this would be a more faithful adaptation. Um, so things start... start uh, Brewing on set. Wait, I have a I have a really bad joke. What? that I have to have to. Brew. All right, before before I get through the the fucking troubled production, this thing went under. We're gonna have to. Do, I, this is like. Oh god. This is so bad that like that like I I actually. What are you gonna say? What if instead of Mike Mignola, it was uh, it was it was Mike. <laughs> That was, that was really dumb. I'm really sorry. I just like I was imagining like I was imagining like you comes were wearing, to a like, grinding halt. Wearing like have you ever to seen stop the, me from saying anything for wait, I have something to say. Have you ever seen like the international the, the, ta- the international joke. players anthem like music video where like I think it's like Fat Joe is wearing like a all white like fur outfit. Like he's wearing like that, you know, like women's sunglasses. <laughs> Again, you, you had you had to be you had to put the the brakes on the flow of the podcast to be like, wait, I need to I need to throw out this riff like a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, alright. So anyway, so the first signs of trouble Director of photography and frequent Marshall collaborator, Sam McCurdy, he is fired from the production without Marshall's input. And that's apparently taken as a, st- a sign from the producers in the studio that they're in charge. Uh, again, a lot of this Who is disputed to the... Was, ex- it, was it Mignola? Uh, I got... No, I got the, the... The the trouble seems to be from mainly two producers, Lawrence Gordon and Lloyd Levin. Now, Lloyd Levin, at least, he was also the producer in the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies. So he's just, I think, uh, just a producer for these Hellboy movies in general. Uh, Levin is the one whose attorney gets involved to the extent of, like, saying all of this stuff that is leaked about the production being disaster, that is all, like, slander. Uh, Damn, bro called lawyers? He got- Bro called the mods? He got- he got he got his attorney, uh Levin got his attorney to say like Marshall was pushing like a false narrative that seemed to be, and I quote, to be shaping up as a pus- puff piece for Mr. Marshall while tarnishing Hellboy and my client. Um, this comes courtesy of uh Tim Malloy and Umberto Gonzalez at the rap. Uh there were onset clashes between Levin, uh giving at Levin and Marshall. Levin was apparently giving the cast different and contradictory directions. Uh, David Harbour walked off the set after being asked to do more takes. There were constant script rewrites throughout the production and a quote unquote long dispute over what a tree would look like. And I'm guessing that's the tree, uh, the blood queen's tree. Cause that's the the only tree of of, of notice. Holy shit. Uh, And this apparently it was like a constant back and forth between, again, this was mostly, like not not much about this Lawrence Gordon guy, but it, it seems like most of the stink was coming from Lloyd Levin. Um, what's what's he produced? Lloyd, 
Yeah, Levin. look look it up. What, what's what's the one that was, that was his... like, oh, this is this has got to be more like a Marvel movie. That's what'll make. Yeah, money. I get the feeling, but yeah, Marsh, Neil Marshall was not given. Fun? Wait, this guy is direct. This guy's produced like good movies. He produced like Boogie Nights and Predator too. This is yeah, this was but... probably a situation where he had a director that wasn't that big, hadn't worked in a while, yeah. and was like someone he could kind of walk over and thought, oh, I'll make myself the new Kevin Feige off the back of Hellboy. Yeah, Neil Marshall had been doing mostly TV stuff. Like, he directed a couple, like, really well-received episodes of, like, Game of Thrones. He did, like, uh, some episodes of Hannibal. He produced uh, K-Pax. Not- Do you guys remember K-Pax? No. No? Which is, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is wait, not- Spacey. It, which is somehow not a movie all that would st- also be starring Kevin Spacey, but as an adaptation of Guido Crepax's real life. Which Excuse me, that that's an insulting a- term for my people. <laughs> no, 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 that's actually his name. <laughs> yeah. Actually, oh, I, I, we, can't, we can't tell Nicole about Crepax because she'll like, she'll, you'll get like the chick flicks disease. Nicole, actually, actually, Nicole. You might have seen a Krapax movie. Have you seen the movie Baba Yaga, the Italian yes. giallo? Wait, yeah. yes, I have. Yeah, he it came. It, it, it's based on a comic book that he wrote. Uh, Wait, no way. Characters, yeah, he's a okay. He's I'm Italian, interested now because that movie rules. He's an Italian ex, uh, uh, very horny man who like made a made like a, a sort of like self-insert character for his like, I think it was his wife or his mistress or something. Yeah. Yeah. This, his wife. Yeah, his wife. wife and it, it was like, it was like, she's getting fucked by Dracula. She's getting fucked by Mole Men. She's getting fucked by Frankenstein. Uh, great book. Very surreal. Like it, 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 the whole thing feels like a dream, uh, but it's, it's a great comic. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right. Then I do know. Okay. Yeah, no, that is, that it is, it is in my list. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna, so anyways, we're gonna turn Nicole into a comic set. It's gonna happen. Uh, but anyways, yeah, you just need to yeah, start Neil, with the, uh, the Italian perverts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Neil Marshall was not given <laughs> final cut privileges. His uh, cut of the movie was handed off to the producers, and they recut it their way. You know what? Uh, they, the they did a great job. We Release yeah. the Marshall cut. That. Actually, I I do think that a director's cut, especially if he was if he was editing it could genuinely bring this movie up to like a six out of ten. Like I not mean, like a not like yeah. a ten. So that's, that's the thing. It would yeah. still look really ugly. It would still yeah, look which, really ugly, but it would be like coherent. Let's, let's talk about know? the CGI here. Cause uh apparently there was a lot of onset effects work, like there practical was. stuff done. Well Hellboy was all it, practical. Against, uh yeah, Hellboy's all practical, which is what makes like whenever he's like interacting with a CG character all the more jarring because yeah. the CG is just so subpar. It really is bad. And that's because a very sim like I think from what I gathered, a very similar situation to like what the happened with like the Thing remake, where they just plastered all over this like practical work with shoddy cgi because yeah. uh the producer was like, insecure well, i don't want to watch this it looks like a puppet yeah like uh <laughs> like even marshall came out and said like everything that was really like visually wrong with the cg and the movie wasn't his call because he wanted to do all of it practically uh, David Harbour even supported that. He said, like, he implied that, like, most of his, like, good work that he did in the movie ended up, like, cut from the final product. So, yeah, this this very much is a case of a movie that was butchered um, by the producers. Release the Marshall cut. Fuck it. 
Fuck it. We're, we're, you know what? I support it. Yeah. Marvel, yeah. Marvel is definitely the death of cinema supports releasing the Marshall Cut. Uh, Release the Marshall Cut. Because uh, this movie was not unwatchable. Like, I think if it was... You ever see, like, one of the off Paul W.S. Anderson movies, like Three Musketeers? Or, uh, like, fucking... Like, one of the non-Resident Evil movies he did, like... The outside that are not movie. event like that are not event horizon that are not event horizon but like uh like three musketeers or like uh fuck i'm trying to think of like monster hunter like one of those where it's like it's still not it's still like like trash but it's like competently made trash you know yeah well the, the problem with this my biggest problem with this movie aside from just having that like tv show look was the the uh, the editing and the the pacing and the tempo, which is just like exposition, things happen, exposition, things happen. Yeah. There's a kind of it's like it's fast, but it's it's fast in a way that's that's uh, homogenous. Actually, you know, you know like how in, I in, in musical terms, it's like a square waveform. You know how I just so never it like that might help uh, our our zoomy audience is if you ever watched a TikTok of of like a, someone trying to explain something like a con like a political concept or something they do this editing where after like every other sentence they'll just like do a new cut you know they'll oh do, yeah, like, you, a new cut oh, yeah youtuber see. editing where it's like yeah. as soon as they finish a thought they cut to the the next sentence there's no gaps or breathing or yeah because it's because it's like they don't they you know they they want to get as much of the content out as fast as possible so that you <coughs> won't click off it feels like yeah. that where they were like they were worried that like if the movie stopped for a second, like the audience would go to the next theater over and watch fucking Endgame. Yeah, like oh, the, the Zoomers will just <laughs> pay, take out their phones and stop paying attention if we we have an establishing shot or like yeah. just any quiet actually this movie did or, have or anything establishing <laughs> shots, which was really weird. And like it did the uh, the, the the Russo brothers thing where there's that, uh, and this is giving them too much credit, I know, but like they they have that that trademark shot where they do like a 25 second establishing shot where you can't see anything because it's behind a wall of text of the location so that you're like if you're like on your phone oh yeah the 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 hard like that's that's when 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 the movie moves to uh, england it's like hard cut brief wide shot giant text that says london and yeah. Yeah. just a, an on the nose needle drop yeah um which, which is like like, which like this was, movie is an amalgamation of trends of 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 yeah. when it came out uh, and even all the action scenes and to me felt like like well they yeah they felt like the first like, like the sort of like the first intonations of the fact that like every fucking action director for the next six years is going to try and be like James Gunn like every they're gonna yeah. do the, they're gonna do the one take or like the shitty like fake one take. They're gonna do like a like an obnoxious needle drop that has barely anything to do with the scene. It's just there to get your attention back, and it's gonna involve like a bunch of a, a bunch of people fighting like a big a big thing or like a bunch of guys. Like it's either gonna be uh, like Hellboy punching a big creature and doing like fucking like uh, uh, Shadow of the Colossus moves on him, where he's like, but they're 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 happening at. 300,000 frames a second so you can't Yeah, every, everything yeah. is so smooth and weightless like like yeah. I, I drew the comparison to video games earlier but the the well-made video games the animation and movement gives things impact or is this like he he kills like yeah like he like it has this movie has a couple of those action scenes that are all like 
pre-visualized swoopy camera fake one take um that all just like all these scenes all look the same in all these movies yeah. and then the other ones are like lots of handheld and close-ups where they hide the choreography and the the effects uh really sloppily and you just kind of can't tell what's going on and your eyes glaze over um because they're just not there's just almost no like striking visuals in this movie like shot composition wise um, which like it's when you're coming from uh, Mike Mignola's comics, like that's what you want. You want these like really st- oh, yeah. strikingly composed and colored images with like really strong, deep shadows. And this movie just has that like TV lighting. Um, yeah. Actually, I talked about this a little bit on in the group chat, but I was talking about how this feels like uh, if any of you guys ever seen the first episode of Constantine. The show. Yes. The no, show. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It I don't is remember. Like a, I was I was fifteen when I saw it, but throw as much of it as you can by me. The pilot is both good and uh, it like does things better and worse than the actual show. And they had like a wild like they, they they made the pilot, and the pilot had a lot of money behind it. It had uh, a lot of like up and coming actors in it. Uh, it was it was a much much more put together, but also like a little bit more aimless uh, idea for a, a show. And then it, it premieres actually at Comic-Con and gets kind of shitty reviews. So they're like, fuck it, we're doing, they shot like a when it actually got brought to season, like the show itself is completely different. Uh, the actress like quit because she just didn't want to fucking be on the show anymore because it got bad reviews. And the like tone and and shot is completely off. And that's what this movie feels like. It's like a pilot for a TV show that takes like three or four episodes to really get good. Where they like, like what what would happen if this was like a TV show is David Harbour would leave the show because they can't afford him. And they would get like some like literal like stuntman, like muscle suit guy, like Power Rangers tier actor to do it. But like the one, the one guy the one type of that guy that's like a huge like fucking Hellboy autist. So he puts in a really good fucking performance, even though the scripts are like <laughs> only marginally better. And the show just kind of like drags itself towards quality. Like it just sort of limps towards being good at, over the course of like five episodes where like slowly the cast starts giving more of a shit and then they fire the writer and replace him with like a good writer. They get like a really dedicated like director, you know, they, that's what this feels like is like a like a shitty tv pilot like like a like a, a bad season two show yeah <laughs> like star trek when they know they're gonna go off the air so they start doing like whatever and like you get really good episodes like the tng orgasm ghost episode but then you get really excuse bad. me yeah I, there's people that think that's the worst episode of star trek and it rocks they go to a planet that's literally just ireland <laughs> Like for no fucking reason, they're like, oh yeah, this is like the Irish ethno state. Like they got their own fucking ethno state in the Star Trek world. As and they should fucking- free the Irish. And then fucking uh, uh, Crusher gets possessed by like a slutted out like orgasm, like ghost that makes you like come so so many times that you get like addicted to the the ghost guy and she's like sorry i'm quitting the enterprise to go like live with my fuck alien 
and everyone's Man, I, like, "I got to do my TNG rewatch." Everyone's like, uh, "Beverly, you've gone insane!" Uh, and people are like, "This is the worst episode of Star Trek, but it's so good." People also hate masks, and like masks also rocks. I'm a big masks fan. Uh, <laughs> it's the one where Data gets possessed by like a Mayan space god. <laughs> Uh, and then there's, okay. another, stay, there's stay, like, stay tuned for um stay tuned for our uh Patreon only spin-off series, The Hollow Deck. Yeah, uh, no, seriously, I've been watch watching every Star- episode of Star Trek the next generation. I've been watching Star Trek. I got the not I got the, the TOS Nazi episode up right now, actually. Uh oh, I remember that one. That one's great. I love TOS. I think it might actually be um, my favorite track. <laughs> Can I can I bring up a, a point of discussion or or, or just a, something that I think is a, is a recurring bit that we keep kind of revisiting, but I I think is really applicable here. Uh, again, because I'm coming at this from the perspective of comparing this with as I can't help just as as a film to the Guillermo del Toro version. Oh. And the thing that I I like yeah. about his movies and especially his take on Hellboy is. And I think this is just endemic of sort of the the kind of state of comic book movies in the the 2000s as and especially or like the 90s as compared to now is just how earnest it feels like and there's nothing really there's there's no real sense of earnestness at all in this new Hellboy. Like I do feel a heart. I I think it's. I think there there is. It's just buried. It's buried, under, and part of that, it, if there the is, it's buried. Yeah. Part yeah. of that is, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there are so many ADR lines in this movie. Yes, yeah, uh, yes. I wanted to talk oh, about yeah. that. serious Deadpool syndrome with the uh, so they, the like high tempo but clunky editing where a lot of shots don't match. Yeah, is yeah all this ADR in quips. There and are stuff. I, I, there are a bunch of I, what I can only assume are like bad like like takes the shot bad on purpose where Hellboy will like turn away from the camera or the camera will just pan to some insignificant character where they just have entire conversations that happen that did were not in the initial script at all. There's like, in fact, actually the last line of this movie, <laughs> the last line of this movie is like a, that just happened joke that happened. Literally. Like, yeah. yeah. In the, in the mid credits. Not even a joke. As yeah. my last note. The the last line of the movie after they do there's two end there's like no there's are there two end credit scenes or one there are two there's, there's one two. at the very end oh, there's is there the eighth one the oh there's a second one I didn't I didn't and there's a second one what's the second one I forget the second one because <laughs> there's 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 a Hellboy drunk in the cemetery and he meets. Uh, oh yeah, lobster, he's lobster Johnson. Lobster Johnson. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's that when he one. says that that just happened. That's the last thing. But I didn't know there was an end end credits sequence. Yeah, was there a third? Yeah, there's an Abe T. There, no, there's, there's the Abe T. The the, oh no, third. I feel like the Abe thing. The Abe thing might just flash a title card and do that. I don't know if it's after the credits. No, that. Oh yeah, they do. I feel yeah. Like, you're, no, you're right. It's not. Is that what it is? It's Sorry, not till yeah, they. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, they I feel flash like a title I, card. I guess I just wasn't paying attention to Lobster Johnson because I don't remember him being Lobster Johnson. Oh, you know, you're right. There is a third end credits. So there's a there's the Wait, title is card. Lobster a third? There's no. There's one after what? that. So actually, we were both. So there's. I'm reading directly from Wikipedia here. There's the uh, yeah. there's the Abe tease, which was the like this was like 
straight up like they saw Guardians of the Galaxy. They saw the pre-production cut of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And they were like, fuck, we got to make this before it happens. Because it's the same like hallway fight that they do in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, but yeah, just I, infinitely I didn't think worse. of that as being a credit sequence because it came. I just thought that was just the denouement of the movie. I didn't really no, I, I completely that in as being a credits. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of it's 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 kind of you can go either way with it because they do flash the title card, but then they cut to six months later, so you could see it as part of the film. And then there's yeah, the yeah. there's the Hellboy getting drunk with the Lobster Johnson character, uh, played by Thomas Hayden Church, by the way, who like. Oh, yeah. 100% read every single Lobster Johnson comic before this because he is just like, he's like a huge fucking nerd. Oh, really? I yeah, like no. Thomas Hayden Church. He, he actually, he made like a stoner comedy. Like he like his only directing credit is a stoner comedy that's supposed to be like shockingly really good. Sideways too. Um, Yeah, he, he was like, he was a big, uh, in Sandman 3, I remember he was part of the reason why Sandman didn't end up looking like ass like the uh, like the Green Goblin and Venom did in that movie because they were like no I'm doing the fucking like I'm getting the oh, waves. Oh, you mean Spider-Man three? It's, yeah, uh, I'm getting the waves. <laughs> I'm getting the fucking the the striped sweater like you were. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're doing this for real, you know. Um, so he's a real ass dude. Probably read every single Lobster Johnson comic for his like eight second scene. Um. And then the third one is, I guess, Baba Yaga enlists an unseen force to seek out Hellboy uh, to kill him, which is probably a sequel tease. I think I did watch that, but I was so high that it didn't register. Uh, I, I, know, I, didn't, I, I, didn't I do remember the very end people, of the people talking about Koshi the Deathless. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, Baba Yaga. I don't have no idea what that was supposed to be in reference to. I was like, who? cares is this movie over already thank you bye but yeah, this, i'm gonna go I to think bed that's why yeah. like this movie like this could have been yeah like a six out of ten that at least some people would have liked and 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 made a bit yeah. more money if the producers didn't hack in their attempt to make it like other movies in a really cargo cult way they just they they edited it in a way where your your, your eyes just glaze over and nothing lands like like fucking Excalibur shows up and it might as well be an insert shot of a guy reaching for a pencil. Like nothing has any impact. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this before yeah. with other movies we've covered where they're that same, like that style of editing makes it's, it's like you have all of these <laughs> scenes and all of these tonal elements, the dark stuff, the funny stuff, whatever. And they get put into a blender and get turned into one consistency where it's one one like smoothie where everything's the same consistency all the way through which means right nothing that. stands out or lands because you're never you're never getting darker you're never getting lighter you're never slowing down you're never speeding up it's just da 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 um what's your guys favorite kind of smoothie oh i, I love I, a mango I like smoothie a, oh hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, something. I'm, I'm, I'm dapping with yogurt up. with I'm yogurt pull up through the screen i just yeah. made a great smoothie yogurt and banana uh, oh yeah! Every, every day I have a smoothie with uh, a banana, a frozen banana, uh, a, a frozen fruit medley I get from the store, either berries or like ooh. yeah, mango and strawberry or something, and then uh, a, a couple again. spoonfuls of of yogurt, and then just a tiny little bit of a a, a, a protein powder I found laying. Around. Okay, chat. Rate uh, my uh, and rate- uh, vanilla unsweetened vanilla almond milk. Rate my my smoothie. So I do uh, I do 
lactose-free whole milk, uh, that like fucking like lactate shit that you can get. Love that. I do they honey. They call it whole milk because it's easier on your whole if you're lactose Exactly. Exactly. I do whole uh, exactly exactly. I do whole milk as like the 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 lactose or the, the the dairy. I do uh, uh, clover honey, big big raw clover honey fan. Oh sure. I do uh, uh, passion fruit and dragon fruit as the fruits. Oh, and then uh, and then whole bl- and then um uh, uh pit like the 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 frozen blueberries that are like safe to blend. Uh, that you can get at the store. I do those for like a little thickener. Yeah, I'm uh, lazy, so I just get the the frozen fruit blends, and then I have frozen bananas. Uh, yeah, that's no, that's that's literally what I'm doing. But with like, for some reason, my Walmart has like that, but for like frozen dragon fruit, I've never seen it anywhere else. But, uh, I should and, keep an eye out for something like that. Huh? Yeah, it's so it, a dragon fruit is like uh, amazing as a, as a smoothie. Uh, uh thing but you got to be careful because it will stain the fuck out of your clothes oh so if you like i had some i had some where like the lid wasn't on all the way and some of it like popped up and ruined a fucking like a pair of a pair of fucking like underwear that i was wearing because it was like four o'clock in the morning and i was stoned (laughs) you were just drinking a (laughs) smoothie in your underwear (laughs) (laughs) using your underwear for the morning listen that's what (laughs) emily is the strongest soldier i don't think emily was i was I think everyone was at a conference. I'm just picturing. I'm picturing that scene from Rugrats. Like, would you would you be blend? Would you be blending? Would you be running a blend? Something as loud as a blender at four in the morning if anyone else was in the house? Yeah, no. I think I think it was when. No, it's that scene. It's the scene from Rugrats where Stu is making pudding, but it's it's Cole making a smoothie. <laughs> Emily was and, at like and a Emily work comes in. It's like or Cole, It's no, four yeah. o'clock in the morning. No, I would not. I would not run the blender at four a.m. in the morning because it's like fifty feet from our bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Emily was at like a work something. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to make myself a smoothie at four in the morning. <laughs> so I want to touch on, speaking of uh, homo- uh, homogeneity. Uh, you, yeah, in addition to the homosexuals. In addition to the editing. Um, speaking of the homos and their geneity. Um, uh, Graham, you mentioned this earlier. The creature and costume design is so it's not oh. inherently bad in the details but it's like lacking color and uh, yeah oh actually i before we it's like i have i have something to add for that as well actually yeah. i looked at the because there's a bunch of I, and this is entirely just because uh emily is like a like a big like like scary stories kind of person so there was a bunch of stuff in here that was like really oddly accurate to like real uh, folk tales and um, some of that's from the comics but some of that th- the vomiting scene is based on in the 30s uh and the 20s and the like like th- 1910s and shit like the early like fucking uh industrial society there was that whole like seance craze uh and one oh, of the yeah, ways yeah, that the, the late the late the late victorian edwardian era fascination with uh occultism. with with occultism and one of the big things they would do because that's where ectoplasm came from and they would simulate ectoplasm by forcing themselves to vomit up like like uh i think it was like cheesecloth that had been like soaked in something uh Ew. to induce huh. vomiting and so it'd get like a really thick but really clear effect and actually, if you look at the, con- I looked at the concept art for this movie because it's on like fucking 
uh, it's on like, uh, not, not deviant art, but one of those like art portfolio, like art station websites or whatever. Like Flickr or something. Yeah. And almost all of it was more colorful. Like the, the ectoplasm in particular was, it's a really, really bad. I mean, shoot it in warm tones and then just CGI paste the head on, but it was supposed to look like it was like a human body that was made out of like a gelatinous, like, like, like clear liquid. Like it was going to be like, I mean, like. I can tell that. It's just the heads were so awkwardly The heads, well, the heads were yeah, awkwardly yeah. really bad. Were there composited. is so much bad compositing yeah, in this but they, movie. But they like, he it, just looks like a Migo figure. It has like a brown <laughs> tone to it. Like it almost looks like they were eating like fucking like, like rice and beans when they were like. Oh, sure. Well, yeah. This is something that. that has been driving me crazy because I feel like it, it was really bad in video games for like from the first Obama admin, even up to now, but that's right. Obama kind of on the way out. Games and he's from Africa. And, and it got <laughs> that way in movies. We're just like monsters and creatures are all very greebly. There's like so much detail and then so little color. They're just all kind of grayscale that like everything just blends together into a vague shape. Like nothing, no constituent parts of them stand out or pop to give you like a sense of like a, a thing yeah. and not in like an exciting, ambiguous, creepy way, just in a, like, like even designs that would be really cool if they were just lit better and just had a little bit of color or highlights to make the teeth pop or the eyes or whatever. They just look like nothing. And I, and I don't know why that is. It's so weird that everything looks like that. And, and this movie is, rife with it rife with with characters where it's like they would they could look really cool if it didn't feel like they were just they someone just turned down the saturation on them yeah it's actually no it's, it's really weird honestly because it's like why even you know why go to the effort of commissioning all this like great concept art i mean i guess marvel does it too marvel don't look at Marvel concept art if you don't want to like that. Like that's like escaping the Matrix is like looking at like the concept art for Doctor Strange <laughs> and realizing like oh no everyone that works at this company is like a drooling moron that doesn't it's, understand. Yeah, it's it's like the it's like there's something with the people that are put in charge of this stuff in their brains or anything cool or interesting they get they're like okay can we make this like seventy percent more boring? And well, it's I know like, I know exactly like, where it like comes who's, from. Who's going like, to not like your movie because the monster is like too cool looking? It's like it's like they don't want to piss anyone. They don't want to piss anyone off. You know, they want it to be like, okay, we need we need something that will literally appeal to every single person on the planet. We don't want to accidentally like step in it and offend someone. So you know, you know, we don't want to pull like a Nintendo and have like fucking like like call the Muslim call to prayers at the fire temple and shit like that. Uh, yeah, but who's, the, who's Who's gonna get pissed off because a monster has like well, that's the thing is you're just features. you're just covering your because it's like you can never you can never predict it you know like like there's so many cultures out there and to these people like it's like well why not just make it super super generic and super homogenous because then you uh you don't you don't piss anyone off you it's literally that I, it it comes I down guess. to that I, it's like they're too stupid to realize that like you can have like a cool monster design. You can like attempt to do something kind of intimidating because they want everyone to be, you know, they want every movie. Yeah. They want everyone to watch these movies. They don't want like the most sheltered kid in the world to have a nightmare or something. Exactly. 
They don't want. They don't yeah, want. Just they can't, can't afford. Again, can't feel too much of anything watching these. Movies. Yeah, they can't, can't feel too much of anything. Can't have afford, an experience. Uh, God forbid. Uh, uh, fuck! I lost my train of thought. Uh, it's hold music. All, all, all these movies are just being turned into hold music. Yeah. So you can sit in an air conditioned room for two hours, uh, three hours. Um, I, go I want to actually, if anyone out there listening has like ever worked in concept art or production anywhere and has ever been a part of any of these conversations, if you can get in touch and just tell me oh, like I have what, a, no, I have a what these conversations that, actually look like and like what the actual thought process is, I would, I would love to know. I have a friend who unfortunately we can't get on the podcast because she still works for like a uh, major video game production company, but uh, I've talked to her about it and it, it, it literally just does come down to like producers are idiots and they don't want to a lot of times they just don't want to take risks they don't want to accidentally piss people off they don't want to spoil the word of mouth they just like okay we have an idea what's the safest way that we you know what's the safest way for the least amount of money that we can do do it we can make it as as bland as possible so no one will get mad yeah no no one will be engaged no one will particularly like 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 you don't make anything anyone loves you just make something nobody hates i guess but that's the thing is going into 2019 it's like you just kind of assumed these things would print money you didn't really have i mean even your your big like notoriously controversial cape shit movies like your snyders and your suicide squads those all made money. Like there was, yeah, yeah. This, this is like, this is like the housing bubble. It's like the, none of this shit mattered. Cause it, they could do anything, you know, they could fucking, they could show Chris Evans, like, like rimming asshole. And it would make a billion dollars. Like they, they do not, they, they did not, they, they assumed that the, the infinite money glitch would be forever. And it, as, as I funny, think they always not. think that, despite every historical precedent to the contrary. Yeah, I don't know why they just thought that they could do shit like because it's like it's really biting them in the ass now. This Hellboy movie, it, it is. This new one is going to come out and like like bankrupt like three like a fucking studio. It's being released by the guys who made the Starving Games. The new one, like oh, the fourth God. movie. What? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. No it's way. It's being produced by the producers of the Starving. Oh my game. God. Nobody, does anybody even care anymore? Oh. This Clearly is not. Like Dark Horse Comics. Like, yeah. Check is going to get the minor residual. The group is going to get like, the very, very small residual. Like this thing. And go, okay, we're, we're not printing. Like even though they don't, <laughs> they shouldn't own Hellboy because Dark Horse is still pretty much creating. It's no, embracing group is just going to shut down Dark Horse comics. Actually, bad word. No, yeah, that it, thing's going to come. That is that is actually true because, uh, f- from what I understand, like Dark Horse basically only exists because it's like it doesn't. It's it would cost more money to shut them. Like they. They make so much. They make their cash positive off of two products, and that's the fact that they own the Berserk. American. Yeah, they own Berserk, and then they own Hellsing, like the fucking uh, the comic that like. Oh, that's it. Trend. Just licensing. Yeah, manga, manga in the in the states is the only yeah. thing keeping yeah. And, and also, I mean, they do they do make they do clean up a decent chunk of change whenever they reprint Sin City and stuff like that. Like they're they're but they're mostly they more because they. Frank Miller did Frank. He split off. He did. He split He's off. Frank Miller presents and, now. Yeah. And so they were for for most of it. You know, they're big. They're big like post because they they used to still be like licensed up until uh, 
Yeah. Really up until like 2015 when they lost the Star Wars license. Uh, that was like the beginning of the end. And then they lost, uh, what was the other big license? Oh, they lost Conan. And then they like kind of have oh, Conan yeah, yeah. back now. But like it's kind of in a weird spot where like Marvel really wants yeah. it back so that they can do like uh, a Marvel release of the Conan series. Because their, their reprint division right now is really big on getting back all the old marvel licensed stuff which is fine it's 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 led to a lot of good shit that we were never going to get anyways being publicly available but like yeah they they kind of they lost the star wars license they lost conan they lost fucking sin city um and then they got sold hellboy effectively ended like right around this time yeah the only notable title is black hammer because Which that's is when they're yeah. like one of the few actually good like writer artists left in comics. That one's it's weird how successful that that is. My coworker was yeah. telling me that that she read that, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, oh damn, okay. Like, yeah. uh, look, I'm happy Black Hammer has shooters. Uh, like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> you know, it's I love good. Jeff Lemire. I, I feel like we're kind of head like limping towards the, the like, like it feels like the. Or- the 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 uh the the kind of money printing era ended with covid but it's just kind of like a weird holding pattern until enough wobbly dominoes finally tip that something actually like yeah happens that's big enough that it can't be ignored yeah and we can't keep pretending everything's fine yeah Yeah, exactly everything's because so many companies are absorbing so many other like like yeah because that's what like we've talked about this before it's what you do whether it's uh arms or media you just buy other companies to give this immediate impression of of growth and expand your balance sheets all we have all this new ip we're worth so much more money and the problem with that is all of these companies grow, 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 grow until their their debt load reaches a point that they can't service it anymore because they're not actually making any money. And then they fold and they take everything they've bought with them. And then a bunch of people get bankrupted because yeah. they're holding all that debt and treating it like an asset. And now it's not worth anything. And then that's when you get the house of cards. And I, I found with Embracer Group and stuff, I, I wonder if we're finally hitting that point. I, I um, think so. I think that or at least like... We're, I, I think we're going to see like a like like Dark Horse, the company. I think will probably cease to exist very soon. But then they'll like fold it into like Embracer Group proper. Like they'll have like yeah, a, but then it'll like just an, be like one one guy handling exactly. IP license. It'll be uh, one guy, really be and they'll company. they'll make like you know they got like what the rights to fucking like Tomb Raider and shit, and so they'll make like a bunch of like Square. That was Top Cow. No, I mean, that was a long time ago. Well, Top, but, but uh. uh uh, Top Cow, Top Cow's weird. Does Top Cow even make comics? Any like is? I'm just remember in the nineties. I, I just I remember they, seeing Tomb Raider comics, and they all said Top Cow on them when I was a kid. That's yeah. Well, Top Cow was that 100 percent makes sense because they 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 like they had a comeback. Like they tried to launch a comeback sort of like around the time of the New Fifty Two, which was kind of smart actually in hindsight. because. Uh, the new 52 was. I mean, Valiant like, did a relaunch. Valiant did a relaunch. As well. Yeah. And that was the Valiant relaunch was good. The Valiant relaunch was absurdly good. <laughs> it has its moments. I don't know if I'd say it's good. Good. I like, I like, I like Lemire's Bloodshot. Uh, I, well, that I, was like after they had been doing the relaunch for a while. That was like, was that not a launch type? Oh, fuck. They, I like yeah, all the Matt Yeah, Kidd they finally stuff. decided. 
to get uh, someone like good. Uh fuck, what else was it? The Exo Man Award title was okay. Uh it was it was just the same <laughs> book again. That was that was the weirdest book. Was yeah. like it was like Bloodshot they kind of reimagined, like Harbinger they kind of reimagined, and then like fucking like Exo Manowar was just like fuck it. I mean, like how different would it be if a caveman with an Iron Man armor woke up in like 1994 versus like 2012? You know? <laughs> yeah, like it's still it, it, they. I like those comics are so surf Dracula's. You know, that, 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 yeah. mind, yeah. how, you don't even know X, how many times on air Cole has just been like surf Dracula, surf Dracula. It's a good. Ter- Sometimes Sorry. just have a useful shorthand. It's, so I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna spoil a reveal that we're gonna that's gonna happen during the Bloodshot episode. But in the room where I record this, I actually have uh, a. Mint copy of Bloodshot number one, like the original. Like if, fucking. If you're shooting blood, oh, you've got to see a urologist. Yeah. <laughs> like 100%, we're gonna watch Bloodshot. We'll probably do a watch together because it's so insane. And like Nicole will be like, "There's no like, who? What the fuck is Valiant Comics? Like, no one cares about that." And then I'll be like, "Let me tell you about fucking Doctor Slayer. <laughs> let me tell you about my guy. <laughs> let me tell you about Shadow Man. Yeah, let me tell you about Shadow I've been Poisoning." the children of my mom's neighborhood because it's like she's been left with this hoarder me collection of comics so i I, like every time i visit i just put all of the stuff i know i'm never going to read again directly in the the, like lending library at the end of the street so like the door breaks off of that thing let's go so unfortunately Every kid in my neighborhood is going to be reading Bloodshot for like the next. I, I like the idea of those, but every time I see them, they're just full of like self help books and like airport shit that nobody's going to read ever. It's like I found Children of Dune and the one across the street. Oh, me, nice! Which, oh, yeah, fun. so I actually did get yeah, but uh, the first good. But yeah, I don't know. I think pickup. I think maybe the the long overdue collapse is kind of finally coming for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and. It's it sucks in the short term because it's gonna put a lot of people out of work, and I'm not I'm not cheerleading their suffering at all. But actually, you know what's weird? It's, it's just I think it's just necessary in the long term to build anything else that can get out from underneath just the weight of this inert, dead, fucking uh, super commodified cultural production. You know what's really the, funny? You know, necess- mother's necessity of invention, and this will create the necessity to invent. Is that like Marvel, the, like crossed. Marvel, the media company is like fucked when this happened. Like they're so fucked. Yeah. But Marvel, the comics is probably like going to be the big dog. Like when it, when the, the collapse happens, because they've been really smart. They've been doing like, like licensing agreements for, uh, their old stuff, you know, your ROMs, uh, your your fucking Marvel's Godzilla. So they're they're they have the the uh, they're reaping the rewards of having like a, access to billions of different IPs without actually like paying the cost of that. Also, like Marvel Comics is just great right now. Like fucking, they got Immortal, they got Al Ewing up in that bitch. They got Jonathan Hickman going crazy. They got fucking uh, uh, McKay. Yeah, I, I got to finish reading. I have um, <laughs> East of West. Uh, borrowed from my cousin on, on oh that's not, I need i've got to finish that. reading it because you're you're talking about his new ultimates as like a a parallel universe where the united states is like all uh like absorbed into into some like 
North American oh, Union. If you like and the it's like, maps, and it's just like all this like weird alternate history shit. It's like a Hearts of Iron mod. If you like the maps and like all the charts and that shit, you're you're gonna love uh, the the first mini series of Hickman's uh, X Men's House of X Powers of X because it's basically just like a like a lore dump book, but like if it was like a tool music video, I might have to check that. I'm, at some point, I'm gonna re. I'm just gonna read all the Chris Claremont X Men stuff because that's basically like the cartoon I grew up with. It's just an amalgamation of all that stuff. So. I, Nah, you gotta actually. I, I found out recently that Steronko did an issue of, or, or two of X Men. I thought I had every every Steronko, but I every Marvel Steronko because I knew about the. Do you say Steronko? <laughs> how, how do you say it properly? I say Steronko, but I don't know. That's what I've I don't always know. heard. Um, Steronko. So I, I feel like we're we're hitting that that time. Uh, yeah. Do we have any concluding thoughts, or is there anything anybody wanted to talk about that I haven't had a chance to yet? Um. I mean, I I I wanted to hit a little bit more, or or just have another say. Like I I just the thing I really noticed again, as as I said earlier, just the the lack of earnestness, and and, and when I mean oh, yeah. that. I specifically sort of like, I mean, is this like, movie needed Jim Varney? <laughs> sure, but like, but just I I think there's a real importance to to like the earnestness of of having that sort of approach to not just like a comic book sort of style and like the source material, but getting more at sort of the the emotional truth of a story and a character as opposed to you know just this ironic distancing and meta commentary that's just so in style now like the the thing i really gravitate towards i don't know if it still is i feel like it, it is in the era we're I, in, in I, the show I, but i, I think I, it's kind of going away i think i i want it to since, because sincerity is just, just like that's that's i think why we like really loved alita when we watched it because it was just so sincere and without like a hint of irony in the execution like it is cle- it was clearly done by someone who really liked Alita as a concept and really connected with it and saw the value in the emotional truths of the story, like regardless of whether it was actually a, you know, straightforward, like really true to the source material adaptation, which this, the selling point of this new Hellboy was that this is the, the, the more comics accurate adaptation as opposed to the Guillermo del Toro ones. And the thing that makes those Guillermo del Toro ones so fun is a, because he's, he's a very enthusiastic filmmaker. It's clearly his vision. He, he, he clearly loves what he does and that translates into the end product where you get the feeling that, you know, he, like this was very much material that was very well tailored to his sort of style and what he loves, like his enamorment with the macabre and monsters. And so he was able to filter it in his peculiar way. And then, you know, when we talk about something like, um, like Batman returns, which is not a faithful adaption of the Batman comics to the extent that Batman himself is just like an ancillary character in that movie but the the way it is filtered through tim burton's vision is is the thing that makes that movie so good and so compelling and and the style and the the earnestness with which you can clearly understand he connects with like catwoman and 
just this. Okay, just, we we've, this, we've done an episode on Batman Returns. I know, um, but I'm just I'm just saying I'm yeah, just no, saying I, as I, an as an example of what I mean. I, I get it, yeah, but uh, I just I want to push back on that a little bit, or at least clarify something because I feel like there's this irony sincerity dichotomy, um, and and I think it's it's kind of a false one because because to me and and I know what people are trying to say when they use words like irony, but like irony is a mode of expression. It does, you know, and an, an ironic expression doesn't mean a lack of sincere feeling or ideas behind it. It's just how you express those those feelings. Um, so, what I think what we're looking at here isn't irony or the absence of sincerity. Uh, it, it's just the um, just what happens when things are made for commodity. Because uh, I think like you can have an ironic or distanced affect. That is just taken on because that's what seems to sell. And then you can have a sincere affect, kitsch, which is taken on because that's what seems to sell. And we bounce back and forth between the two because you get a lot of one. Audiences get tired of it. They go to the other. You know, you're all oh, we're in such a jaded, weary, cynical age. I want something that's that's very sincere and touches my heart. And then you get a decade or two of that. People are like, oh, I'm so sick of this kitschy, treacly sentimentality. I want something that feels honest and sincere. Because it's ironic, because it seems to be rejecting the kitsch. And both of those are, I think these discussions confuse the affect with the underlining, underlying presence or lack of like artistic integrity of like having a real statement or vision, whatever affect it is you use to express it. And, and I just, I think how we talk about these things, we need to draw and clarify that distinction. It's We're sort of like um, actually a really good example flop, of flopping that. back and forth between kitsch and like cargo and kitsch and like sort of a good example of that. Even though I don't or, think the movie you, is, is, is like perfect, is uh, is Fritz the Cat, where it's like Fritz the Cat is a hundred percent fucking Bakshi taking the piss out of Crumb, and oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also yeah. but and it's the, also a really. And the counterculture, but it's also a really, a really well put together film with a lot of clarity of focus and it's He really wanted to make art. Yeah, like it's it's ironic and satirical, but it's also honest art. I also um, don't think that this movie is is. I don't think that this movie was intended to be ironically distanced so insincere. much as just has a weird tone. A, yeah, a, a, a failed. It just. Is trying to be Marvel comedy style and failing. Yeah, there's all the there's all the stapled in jokes that that honestly kind of drag the film down from from an enjoyable one. They're awful. The the like phone gag, and I don't know. You could tell that initially in the film, he just is supposed to hang up the phone because they they CGI in like they. It looks like the. Like like back during like the like when you the YouTube app on iPhone looked like a TV like you there was sort of that thing where you would get like uh like a like a broken glass background you know that was there's kind of that that era like the broken oh. glass background it looked like that I, it looked like a decal I never really that someone YouTube put on. on my phone <laughs> you know it looked like it looked like that well I'm just I'm just talking about like that era of the iPhone you know like yeah that. I'm just I'll take your word yeah. for it. Um, or like the the um the the like the the apps where like it would be like hey you can drink a beer on your phone you know uh you know like those where it's like oh, oh I remember that yeah, yeah. Like, oh like, way back it yeah. looked like they pasted an effect onto the screen like they like it was just supposed to be him hanging up the phone but then they pasted on like that and added in a glass break sound 
And it, it completely yeah, it's like you see they're just like going through the movie and they're just like because I think the way the, the Marvel movies and a lot like them are made is they it's the same process where they go through the movie line by line or like we need a joke we need a joke we need a joke they just yeah. do it during the script phase and then exactly. also just like on set riffing here they did it well into production and post production and then pasted them in and it's yes. even more grading and out of place yes they did it yeah they did it like it's not even i i bet it's not even in the in the script or was in the shots they just yeah they 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 had like an extra day of of uh of of adr time where they where they brought back you know what's his face and they brought back fucking daniel day kim and they were like just riff into the microphone for you know we'll play the movie for you make your own riff tracks for it you know in character oh god yeah probably I, and and I think that's you know what it is, it's it's pro, it's you know how like cars have with rare exception looked really boring for the last thirty years. Yeah, it's product engineering. That's the yeah. thing. More and more and movies are yeah. engineered like the like 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 food packages and like just other shit you buy at the store. It's it's all product. I think what we're when we're when people throw around like sincerity and and or Nicole, what you're trying. Uh, if I correct me if I'm wrong, is I think those terms confuse affect with production with with the underlying substance of of what's being made and why. And I think that's ultimately at the core of all of this. Is so much of our art and entertainment is more and more the the artistic aspect and just like the craft of making quality entertainment like the technical craft are being overridden by uh, a top-down product market tested product engineering mentality yeah and it's also like it's 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 it's, it's cowardly you know it's insecure security it's like uh you know, you don't have enough faith in the product as is so you have to make it more like another product to uh, to hopefully uh, make up for the fact, that, like the the you're able to, see, you know, all these people are able to see like the movies. Not you know, it's not Citizen Kane, but they're what? they don't realize that like they you can just release a mediocre action film. You know, like people will will watch I, like a mediocre action film. Those are yeah, those are kind be, of the just movies. let it be what it was. Exactly. And I think like that's these, these the movies. thing is they think the I think the like the producers in this case and those types of people because I think their mentality because it is this like product engineering mentality was just like here's a list of features that sell if we tick all the boxes it'll make money and yeah. the like specifics of how they fit to how or why they fit together don't factor in it's just like and that baby, is that is the insincerity I was specifically yeah. getting at. I just, yeah. I just didn't, wasn't able to complete that thought. No, sorry, I, 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 I feel bad. Like I was, I didn't mean to be condescending. I just, I really, I feel like the irony sincerity dichotomy. Because uh, I, I just, I see it a lot online, and I think it's, it's a, it's a bad language and framework to actually discuss what we're trying to get at. Um, you, the audience can't see this. I'm doing a lot of gesturing at the. At my, he's he's at doing my Italian, uh, 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 offensive Italian hand motions at me, uh, which I'm I'm, I'm 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 putting in a HR but ticket. I, it's Italian. I think we should, and, unless there's anything else, uh, Graham, do you have any other concluding thoughts? I I feel like the energy no. is starting to fade. We should yeah. wrap up yeah. here. Um, Watch something else. All right. Uh, oh, good question. God, I was. 
forget to think uh, about it, this. You know what? I'm gonna, I, I'll. Yeah, you go. You want? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just just watch the Gamal del Toro Hellboy. That's a cop out. It's a perfectly That's a cop out. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying it's a perfectly movie. good Hellboy. I will. There is. I will. There is. And again, you guys are are interrupting me before I have a chance to <laughs> I'm to, sorry. to, I'm to sorry. finish what I'm saying. This is this is. Let's see. Come on, guys! I've been sick with COVID for the past. I'm still sick with COVID. This is this is. You're beating up on a sick person. Uh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I rewatched uh, Gamal del Toro's debut feature Kronos, which is a, a really great like very stripped down simple uh kind of debut movie that really lays out the sort of recurring imagery and themes that he would revisit throughout his his career. The man loves uh bugs and he loves little like clockwork gears. And stuff like that, and that's that's the in that movie. Um, I'm I'm sure I can come up with a, another sort of I think obvious uh, and already an official canonized watch something else alternative that me and Sue are a big fan of. Just just watch Cemetery Man. Like it's essentially kind of kind of a similar, also a comic book movie, also very like dark gothic kind of a, a approach a bit of I, I can see some some vague parallels between the two sort of like characters I guess a little I kind of see what you're getting at um so there there you go there's there's two technically three movies uh I I will vouch for for all of Guillermo del Toro's movies Pinocchio made me cry I'm glad he got a, a second Oscar for that that that's cool um i hell i'll even say like i I even enjoy mimic and that's clearly a movie that was also messed with by by producers but the the vision the the vision perseveres i fuck with the vision um i i I love you guillermo uh anyways you guys you guys have I'll do. Did you come up with other I got, movies? I got a good, a good one, and then one I haven't seen, but I've been asked to bring it up on the podcast by a friend of the show, Jim. Look, shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. Uh, first up, watch watch hi, the Jim. first play. Hi, Jim. Everybody the, say hi, Jim. Watch the first play. Don't watch the second hi, one. It's actually kind of bad. Uh, no, Blade Two rocks. Fuck uh, you. Uh, bl- uh, the first Blade movie. So Blade, there's like, Blade One is cool. There, I prefer the Blade, Blade Two. The Blade trilogy suffers from colorism, where like white people like Blade Blade Two because it's got more white people in it, so they can identify. <laughs> that with is not why I like Blade Two. The I like it because people, what's his name head explodes, and he watched Powerpuff Girls. White people, white people like Blade Blade Two because they they lack the they lack you know it's the trickology in their blood. Fucking Yakub programmed. Fault <laughs> I have bu- I have I have bugs in my bu- in my exactly. blood. Shout out yeah. to last episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I, mean, I don't hate Blade Two. I I don't hate Blade Two, but I I think that the first one, uh, like people only like as like a bit, you know, like people like. Oh, yeah, no, I like agree. People, funny. people think it's ironic. And it's exactly, not. and it's not. It's like it's legitimately like an amazing action film, and uh, it's that a movie guy, that 
that guy Kicked this all off arguably yeah that guy that like got blacklisted from the industry Steve Norrington yes. let him out of director jail. let him let him free him, him let him out let free him, him he should have got to play Morbius in the Morbius movie that he was gonna make uh he should have gotten to make the Shang-Chi movie that he wanted to make with Ang Lee or Ang Lee I don't know how you say it he had Ang Lee tap to do a fucking Shang-Chi movie uh, also with the the stunt coordinator. Actually, no, it wasn't on Lee. It was the stunt coordinator for Once Upon a Time uh, in China. No, no, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, uh, he had the stunt coordinator for that guy. who, And he was going to direct the Shang-Chi movie. Uh, and it was going to be like a like a hard. He wanted to legitimately do like uh, like a Marvel Knights, uh, which was like their street level anthology. Or their street level line, like, oh, yeah, yeah. like MCU uh, before the MCU, where he wanted to do like Blade, Morbius. Uh, he wanted to t- do. He wanted to tie it in with the Ghost Rider movie that was coming out. Uh, he wanted to do a Shang Chi movie. I think there were talks of even including like the Ben Affleck Daredevil films. It would have been the the greatest movie in the world. Uh, if Sony could still make a movie world. with Venom, Ghost Rider, and The Punisher, I would not be like a good person to talk to. They, they, they should actually yeah, they should adapt the Rick Remender uh, uh, Agent Venom, but like with actual Venom instead of Venom with guns. Yeah, and just have it like doesn't he go to Vegas and fight Mephisto in that one? I don't know off the top of my head. You yeah, something right. like that. And it brings back his Chinese, his fake Chinese wife. Uh, big fan. That's one of my favorite, like, like random bullshit plots they were doing after Gwen Stacy. Like, or no, not that was before Gwen Stacy died, right? Was the the show Shan? I don't remember. There's a crazy ass Spider Man plot where like Flash Thompson, like the guy who used to fucking shove Peter Parker in the lobbies, gets drafted and goes to Vietnam, Uh, and then comes yeah. back like married and also being investigated for war crimes all right, all right. All right. Um, but the other movie i wanted to recommend is uh is this a, a duology but i'm going to recommend the first one it's called night watch it's a russian film very apparently it's very similar to like that blade underworld style of like horror action which i think hellboy fits nicely into um yeah. i'm I was still watching it was up that era I was I actually put it on last night and then and then I was too high. I was like I I need to go to bed. Uh and so I did not finish it. I'm going to try and finish it uh this week. But if I don't uh sorry, it's directed by a guy who has made like nothing but the worst movies I've ever seen, but supposedly <laughs> this one is is a lot better. Like he directed The Wanted movie. Uh Oh. Oh. Him. Oh, him. <laughs> And Him. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Two smash hits right there. But apparently, <laughs> he also directed the 2016 Ben Hur remake. Uh, and that effectively killed his career. But, oh, God. Yeah. But the Daywatch and Nightwatch movies were like huge in Russia. They were like, they were like the Russian version of like the. The Wandering Earth movies that are like huge in China, like they just print infinite amounts of money. We should watch those sometime for the podcast. I, <laughs> actually, I, some when when we've kind of done our main, what I guess we we could call like the the Marvel saga. Uh, yeah, uh, when we've when we've when when we've kind of caught up 
or when or 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 at least got through Endgame. I was thinking one of the things we could do is like blockbuster other countries blockbusters like Chinese, Indian, French, whatever, yeah. Brazilian, yeah, Russian. I would love to watch. Some. I I saw the first Wandering Earth. And it's like it's a little bit too like weightless CGI for me to fully enjoy, but there was a lot of really fun stuff. And it's like you would think that like because American blockbusters do this, where like any country that like we are like technically friends with, but like our people don't really like, we kind of portray them like in a shitty way, like with Russia or China. And Wandering Earth is weird because it's like it also does it does like China fuck yeah shit. But then it also does like, nah, Americans are cool. Like, it, fuck it, dude. Like, we're all here. <laughs> uh, which they don't I do was, in Battle oh. of Lake, Lake <laughs> Changjin, which is, or Chang, I don't know how you pronounce that, but the the, the uh, big one that came Changjin? out. Changjin? Yeah. Probably something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, Stu's, I mean, just Stu's the way things language. are going, we're getting a little more. Uh, no, I'm learning Japanese. Um, That's what I said. Uh, I was just, I was trying to think, so I'm always bad at these because I feel like I've exhausted, I just, I can't, I, I've exhausted the like obvious picks for all of these We gotta already. start watching more movies. I, I do, yeah. Well, I mean, the movies I've been watching lately just haven't really fit the bill, but I was thinking, um, shit, I had a pick and, I, oh yeah, Nightbreed. Not like an amazing yeah. movie, it's very flawed, but if you go in that knowing that it's like Clive Barker is trying to do like a setup for like his own weird take on X-Men. Combined with the bizarre choice to like wait, it's set like a gothic riff? horror. F- it is kind of whoa. If okay. you think about it, I doubt. But about, but about being gay, <laughs> and if you so yeah, that's, like, that's well, that's what the X Men is about. We got to put Nicole on the Hickman yeah. comics, dude. Wolverine and Cyclops have straight up like canonically fucked now. Dude, but, uh, Professor if, uh, if if you if you go in knowing that it's like gothic horror fantasy take on X Men combined yeah. with the weird, weird choice to do your gothic horror fantasy story in Calgary, Alberta. <laughs> oh, okay. This sounds fun. This sounds, I might check this it's out. It's a very flawed and, movie. And but it's you're, a you're very forgetting flawed the movie. you're forgetting the, the the best the best part. Oh yeah. Who play who plays the villain? David Cronenberg's the bad guy. <laughs> huh. The serial killing psychotherapist. Whoa. I've never, I've never seen him in a like direct or like acting in something, so that'll be interesting. It's like I said, it's a very flawed movie, but it's an interesting watch. It kind of fits. It's it's kind of the inverse of this movie with the problems it had. It was also heavily interfered with by producers. Um, so it's kind of a mirror image. Isn't there a this. director's cut of it? I've heard there's a director's yeah. cut that came out recently. I, I don't. I think I've only seen the original cut, so I need to watch that director's cut at some point. Uh, but check out, yeah, check out Nightbreed. I can't guarantee that you'll be like, oh, that was a great movie, but it'll be interesting. It'll be it's interesting. Very, it's and an you'll, interesting you'll have movie. Some cool it's, a good, it's a good shit time. To take away from it. It's a good time. So, so I was trying to think of like contemporary ish setting, dark fantasy horror stuff, and there's not a lot actually that really. No, kind Night, of fits Nightbreed that is niche a good choice as far as like worthwhile movies uh, that I can think of. Just, just at any opportunity to talk about Clive Barker. Isn't the the director's cut like under a different name too? Like it's one of those where they I released don't, it. I don't know. I, I don't have, know. Someone would have to do some digging on that. I, I don't remember. But it looks that? like it might be called Nightbreed: The Cabal Cut. Oh, that, that's what that's Wikipedia right. might yeah. be saying. I'm, I'm skimming it really fast. Sorry, just because I wanted to see what this was. 
But yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see the. I see the the cabal cut. Yeah. Uh, Night Breach. Okay. Check, check it out. It, it'll, right. it, if you're especially watching a theatrical cut, it might take a little while to get rolling. Just stick with it. You, if if you stick with it, you'll you'll have some stuff to justify the time you spent to take away from it. Uh, Graham, do you have any suggestions or ideas? Yeah. Um. I got the first one is the Amazing Squirrel Head, which was another like oh, yeah. comic. There's there's like a 20 minute short uh, or like pilot where Paul Giamatti voices Squirrel Head. He's a robot in the 1800s. It's terrific. And then the other one I was going to say was um, Ralph Bakshi's Fire and Ice. I feel like it's a big oh yeah. There's a lot of Frizetta in Hellboy. So to see a movie that's like fully Frizetta design, the barbarians, the the orc guys, you know, the, the witches that are scantily clad. Uh, it, it's a good pairing. I have a... Ooh, actually, I ju- that it's reminds me. I have a watch. I have a don't watch. I have a don't watch, but reminded me... Oh, don't watch. But while, reminded me of yeah. the movie while I was watching this. And that, you know what this movie reminds me of? Although I will say this movie is a lot better but, uh, and is fucking bright. Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Coming never to this podcast. It is in my well, we contract. Well, you, and no, we that, can't because we already con- talked yeah. about it. And it's in I, your contract. It's in yeah. both of our contracts. I think if I have to watch a Max Landis movie for this podcast, I'll straight up kill myself. Like I, I, I actually, I think no, we're, we're actually, not going to do we're, that. We're, pa- we're at the point where he was canceled, basically, aren't we? In the yeah, he's not. He's not yeah, in the. Yeah, we're in, we're in 2019. He's this is after me too. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, bye. They took his they took his best of the worst episode offline. No, you it's can, st- you can it's still, still find online. It. No, it's yeah, still it's from the official Red Letter Media account. No, it's, it's not on there. No, it is, but you have to like it is? type in the it's unlisted. Oh, well, private. It's unlisted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyways, just just watch the cut of it where someone replaced him with the Showbiz Pizza Bear. That's the one I watched because he he ruined an otherwise great discussion about Neil Breen. And that that sucks. So Max Landis, I will never forgive you for that. Fuck what about what about the thing I'll never favorite, forgive him for? <laughs> what about fan favorite Black Landis? Uh, <laughs> the character All that right. came up with for like two tweets. Not not like not that. one of not one of our patrons. Who spe- uh, speaking, speaking of, of let me let me thank them. Let's let's thank yeah. them because I'm sure Miguel wants to like pee or eat or, or see his family. Thank you. You you paid for you paid for my new microphone. Thank you to Josie, Jose Arulio, It's a Me, Mario, Jerb, Lightning Strike 197, Marks is my dad, Kev, Aiden Miller, Zach, Daniel Ellis, and uh, coming in uh, yesterday at the five dollar producer level. Madeline Winters. Thank you guys. Oh, thank you. All that's a, so that's much. a baddie name right there. That's a, that's a baddie. Yeah. That's a, she I think, I'm a I think she's fan. probably she got a gif. She got a gif for her uh account. Oh yeah, it's it's uh the, what's her name from fucking Game of Thrones? Uh Lannister eating the, the berry. Yeah, a, no, I think I think Madeline's Wars. a baddie. There was a Star Wars I think she's character a named Winter uh in the EU that was like like Leia's like bad bad milf like older friend and i remember like thinking i was like damn that's a baddie right like she, she uh, her, hair. and her name her name yeah if, if you're if your like last name is like a season you're like yeah, an ooh. instant baddie 
You're, yeah, you're a yeah. hog. Winter, that's, like, that's a hog. Her name, was, name. her name was Winter Kelchu, and she had like white hair, but she the other, was like The other young. three seasons are first names. Winter's the only last name, I think. Spring is a first name? I've known Springs. It's not like really common. Oh, like, okay. I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it. Oh, a, like, a, like a girl named like Tessa Spring. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a name. Yeah. <laughs> there's a name. Uh, Graham, do you have any pl- – follow Graham at <laughs> – yeah. At Twitter, oh, yeah. uh, Eddie, Eddie And everyone, you better follow Graham yeah. or we'll make you stop listening to this. How show. many followers? He's not going to get a chance to. He's not get a chance to uh, shill if we if we don't yeah. shut up and let him talk. For <laughs> uh, my comic is on that website. I know you all use the Pirate Comics. Read comics online. Uh, it's CYM Ultra. Um, I'll be at a couple shows this spring. I'm going to be at Connecticut at Indie Comics Creators Con. Uh, and then Kingston Comics Expo in the Hudson Valley, and then Brooklyn Independent Comics Showcase, kind of back to back to back. Um, so if you're in that kind of area, I'll be around you. Uh, so is your Twitter the best place to like get links to all your oh, other stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll yeah uh, Eddie at Eddie McStriplin. I guess that needs to be spelled in the comments. Well, or we'll have not. a link yeah. in the description of the episode. Graham only needs All right. uh, yeah. only needs thirty nine new followers. I'm so close to a thousand. Follow this man. All right. Uh, on that note, thanks everybody so much for listening yeah. and for supporting the show. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we will see you uh, next week on the Patreon or the week after. With what are we doing next? Uh, oh, good question. I, I, is, I think, I think it's this. Detective Pikachu. Is it Detective Pikachu? Oh, it might be. Yeah. Well, we have. Isn't it Saltburn next weekend? No, that's that's the patron. That's for Patreon. Our Emerald uh, Fennel. Uh, we have to do two episodes next week. No, the the pa- the patrons next week. The next the patron will be the week after. Oh, okay. I was like, damn. I have to do like. T- oh. Fuck, I have to take two... I, I forgot our schedule. I have to take maybe two hours Every out of two my weeks, day. it's very simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Good night, everybody. everybody. Have a great night, guys. Bye. Shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim.